everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Also, Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. And Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, today I am continuing my journey through the Free Willy trilogy with Free Willy 2, The Adventure Home. This movie came out in 1995. And let me tell you, I was the right age to uh, be into the guy, the kid who played Jesse. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so, all right, in this episode, we got a um, a couple synopsis. All right, teenager Jesse becomes reunited with Willie two years after the whales jumped to freedom, as the other teenager. Oh, okay. Um, as the teenager tries to rescue the killer whale and other orcas from an oil spill. Alright, here's one that goes into a smidge more detail. Two years ago, 14-year-old teenager Jesse helped the whale Willie to jump into freedom. Jesse enjoys life with his adoptive parents when his half-brother Elvis arrives because of the death of their mother. During a camping trip, Jesse meets Willie again, as well as his Indian friend Randolph. When we say Native American, what's the proper term? A tender love develops between Jesse and Randolph's goddaughter, Nadine. Suddenly, a crashed oil tanker endangers the whales, and several animal and human lives have to be saved, as well as, as well when the oil catches on fire. Oh my goodness. Alright, so, we got... Gosh, Jason James Richter did the profile picture on his IMDb. He's got this handlebar mustache. I'm just like, no. We got Michael Madsen returning as Glenn, Jason James Richter as Jesse. We got Francis Capra as Elvis. He, I think just after this was in the movie Kazam with Shaq. That movie was horrid. Oh my gosh, it was so bad. We got Mary-Kate Schellenhart, who plays Nadine, the love interest of Jesse in this movie. So, of course, right up my alley, because I'm 13, I'm like, ooh, Gaga heart eyes for Jesse. And she was also in What's Eating Gilbert Grape with Johnny Depp and Leonardo DiCaprio in 1993. And my voice, why is my voice sounding all gravelly? I don't know. August Schellenberg as Randolph. Oh, R.I.P. He passed away August 15th, tw- August 15th, 2013. Oh, good. Oh, my goodness. We got Jane, J-A-Y-N-E Atkinson, as, returning as Annie. She also was in the movie Blank Check. <laughs> She played, um, what the heck, what's that kid, huh, what is his name? Um, I'm blanking out, he was in Blank Check, he was in Family Dies. Brian Bonsall, that's what it is, okay. But, I mean, I'm normally going to recognize her from the Free Willy movies. Same with Michael Madsen, that's how I first, first movie I brought, him and... 
Ram, um, August Schellenberg. So, let's see, we also have McKelty Williamson as Dwight, returning as Dwight. He also, he, <laughs> kind of unrecognizable, he played Bubba in Forrest Gump. We got the late Elizabeth Pina playing Kate Haley. She is, I think she knows Randolph through, she works with whales and wildlife and stuff. We got John Tenney. He is basically playing, he's like the dial in this, dial in from the first movie in this situation. He plays John Milner. We have the late M. Emmett Walsh. I think he passed away. Uh, no, never mind. I'm sorry. M. Emmett Walsh is still alive. Let's see who else we got. Um, I'm not recognizing really anybody else. Oh, for a split second scene, we got Marguerite Monroe, who plays Julie at the beginning. She is, I'm guessing, a classmate of Jessie. She rides up on her bike. But she played... Connie in the Three Mighty Ducks movies. So this movie was directed by Dwight H. Little. Writers Keith Walker, Karen Jansen, Corey Blackman, and John Matson. See here. We got trivia. The VHS release included an infomercial before the movie that talks about receiving donations needed to relocate the star Orca Keiko back to the ocean. It also included appearances from Jason James Richter, August Schellenberg, and the Donners, as well as interviews with former Oregon Coast Aquarium president and Keiko's former trainer. Okay, so... Says Keiko was freed in the same area in Norway where he was assumed to first be captured and eventually lived to be 29 years old, making him the second oldest orca to have lived in captivity. The kit has since returned for sale in 2014 on Save the Dolphins. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Unlike the first movie, a robotic killer whale is playing Willie instead of Keiko. Lori Petty was the original cast member who declined to reprise her role for the sequel as Ray Lindley. She was busy filming Tank Girl. Let's see. Jesse's half-brother's name is Elvis. In real life, Elvis Presley's stillborn brother's name was Jesse. Alright. Okay, if you're 95, you if you had the Free Willy clamshell case, you got this replica of Jesse's amulet. There's a picture of me of Christmas 1995 wearing that with this orange and black plaid flannel shirt. The necklace has a breakaway cord attached to the smaller version of the pendant that's made out of ceramic. The original song Childhood was going to be used in the Peter Pan movie Hook when Michael Jackson was attached to the film before using the song for the movie after he turned down the role of Peter Pan Whoa, wait, whoa, wait a minute. He was a uh, Michael Jackson was attached to the role before using the song for the movie. After he Michael Jackson was gonna be Peter Pan in um the movie Hook. I, I, okay, 
The song's music video, despite its concept that had little to do with the film, featured Jason James Richter and Francis Capra reprising their respective roles. Okay. Let's see. Clips of Jesse ordering Nadine and Elvis to remove the water from the Little Dipper along with Randolph making a distress call can be seen on several TVs inside the electronics store in, in Murder at 16. Oh, another movie. Oh, okay. A film that was also directed by the same director who directed this movie. A clip of Elvis was spy, spying on Jesse and Nadine was also seen on the window display. Gotcha. Jesse and Nadine's first kiss also marked their respective actors' first on-screen kiss. Okay. Gotcha. Let's see. Is there any other... Okay. Hold on. This this is interesting. Jason James Richter and Mary-Kate Schoenhart each played Miko Hughes' on-screen sibling in the films Cops and Robertsons that came out in 94 and then Apollo 13 which came out in 95. Apparently Jason James Richter did most of his stunts which this is amazing. If he did the one at the very end uh wow. Oh, yes, Elvis with his lies. Oh, we are going to learn this eight-year-old kid is full of lies. Nothing but lies come out of him. Elvis jokingly mentions Al Pacino as his dad. Frank Capra made his film debut in A Bronx Tale, where he appeared alongside Pacino's frequent co-star, Robert De Niro. Let's see. film was released in the same month as Species that featured Michael Madsen and a couple weeks after Apollo 13 that featured Mary-Kate Schellenhardt. Right, we do have a tagline. The adventure is back. The fun is back. Willie's back. And this time he's brought his whole family to meet an old friend and take on a new challenge. This sounds like it was taken straight from the trailer, which I'm going to play. I know I didn't play during when I covered the first movie, but I'm going to play this one. So this one actually came out July 19th, 1995. So this movie is going to be 27 this year. Wow. So we got uh, filming locations, Oregon. Oh, Astoria, Oregon. Washington. Oh, there's alternate versions. Wait a minute. What's this? Um, I don't see anything about um, any extra scenes in here, but let's play the trailer real quick. Opening weekend made $7 million. Grossed $30 million. Worldwide grossed $30 million. Right into the oil, they died. It's a trap in the cult, they came back to the family. 
Another one, some different footage. The most powerful creatures in the world are still vulnerable to man. But mankind's threat to the environment is about to be challenged by one boy. That's Willie! That's Willie! I know he does. Years ago, he forged a friendship out of loneliness. Now, their survival will depend upon that bond. At 12.05 last night, the 40-year-old Liberian oil tanker ran aground on Lawson Reef, endangering these orcas. Oh, no. Fight for a family's freedom. Get your brother and sister out of this school. You find your mom. I promise I'll do everything in my power to keep your ocean safe as long as I live. Rests in his hands alone. I want to help! No, this is me and Randolph. I don't know what we can do. I do! Don't give up, Grandpa! We'll get them back to you, I promise! Come on, Billy, this way! Mayday, Mayday! Warner Brothers is proud to bring back a wondrous friendship. All right, Willie. In a remarkable new motion picture, Free Willie 2, The Adventure Home. All right, time to jump into the movie. I'm excited. And I did say I am going to cover the two novellas, the uh, two novelizations of Free Willy and Free Willy 2. I don't have the novelization for the third one. I'm not going to even bother with that one. Because like I've said, the third one, honestly, it's not my favorite of the three. Definitely first one and the second one were so very pivotal to my childhood. Okay, so we do see the orcas swimming around, hanging out, playing with each other. It's so beautiful. So majestic, such majestic creatures. And then we do see Randolph. He's got his own boat. He's living the life. His boat is named the Nazi Kline. So we see that he's got a speaker set up up top, of course. So he, you know, he's hearing the orcas that are down below. And he kind of slows down the engine and then he runs down there. We see Nadine who's kind of adjusting the volume knobs or making the sounds a little more sharper. And because Randolph recognizes like one of the, like the one of the orcas is like, could that be me? So he comes down there. He's trying to like move, like, I think he's trying to isolate one of the particular orcas just to like make sure. 
Say, what is it, Uncle Randolph? And he smiles and he says, it's Willie. Now, I'm sure, like, he has told Nadine about Willie and their rescue two years ago to get him back to his family. What's up, Uncle Randolph? And yes, it's Willie. He's got the curved dorsal fin. He's got the three spots on his neck. They found him. And I love how down below that's kind of set up like it's got, I don't know, it's got a, it's got a sink and a microwave down there. So that's pretty cool. Okay, so it looks like because we're going to Glenn and Annie's home, Jesse's there. He's teaching Glenn is in the driveway teaching Jesse about how to <laughs> use this motorboat. As in, you like, I guess the gears are, like, in reverse. Like, you, to go forward, you have to go back. And then, I guess, to go back, you have to go forward. Shift the throttle forward or something. No, he says all the way back is reverse. And then in the middle is neutral. And... And Jesse, he's, Glenn's like forward, and Jesse like pulls it forward like this way. Like, no, like this way. He's just goofing. He's being a goof. You know, like, <laughs> shifting that gear and the throttle, are you going to mess up that transmission if you're not, if it's not in the water and everything? I mean, I don't know. And then Glenn's like very funny. Oh, I see. Product placement, Coca-Cola, my favorite beverage. And Jesse grabs the binoculars as Glenn is explaining, once you're in gear, you got to get going or you're just going to grind metal on metal. So you can't, yeah, you're probably going to wreck something if you're just, yeah. They meet Jesse in two years time. So girl crazy. I never knew. I mean, I've heard of girls being boy crazy and stuff, but I didn't know that boys could be just as girl crazy as they make Jesse. Because he's, like, trying to focus the binoculars. And Glenn's like, what are you doing? And Jesse's like, get out of the way. He's zeroing on, on three teenage girls on bikes. And, and Glenn's like, what are you looking at? And Jesse's like, nothing. Like, yeah, right. That's not nothing. He's like, do you follow what I'm saying, Jesse? Like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Gonna come back later on. That he, hopefully Jesse remembers and isn't just thinking about the three girls he was looking at through the binoculars like a stalker. <laughs> and Glenn's like, you're not paying attention. And Jesse's like, watch out. Yeah, he's like, what are you looking at? And Jesse pulls down the binoculars. He's like, nothing. And she says, see you later, as he dives over the side. Oh, immediately those girls are all giggles. Like, oh, it's Jesse. Yeah, sure. Watch out. What are you looking at? Nothing. He 
He's 14. He's girl crazy. What are you gonna do? See you later. The boat isn't gonna compare with three girls. <laughs> Glenn. Hey, Julie. Hi, Jesse. What's up? Just me and my dad doing a little work on the boat. Hey, Dwight. Hey, how you doing, Glenn? Very good. Good. So Jesse's <laughs> got some girlfriends, huh? Oh, yeah. Several hundred. Bring you by. Well, if it's okay with you, I'd like to sit down and talk with Annie and you. Jesse goes over to talk to Julie on the bike. I guess the other two might be, they look younger than Julie. Julie looks to be about Jesse's age. And... He's like, hey, Julie. And she's like, hi, Jesse. And she's like, oh, what are you up to? And uh, he's like, oh, not much. I love how he says, oh, me and my dad working on the boat. He's, even though he does call him Glenn, he's not, he's referring, you know, my dad. And Dwight stops by, like, hey, Dwight, how you doing? He's like, oh, yeah, Jesse's got girlfriends, I see. It's like, oh, yeah, several hundred. You don't want to know. They're blowing up the phone all the time and telling you. So Jesse comes in. He's like, hey, Dwight, I didn't see you come in. And Dwight is a little reserved. He's like, oh, you were busy, son. And Jesse, of course, being a teenager, always hungry. He's like, oh, you staying for dinner? And you can see on Annie, Annie's face alone is, is distraught. There's something. They just received some really bad news. And she's like, honey, you need to come over here and sit with us. And Jesse, why? Like, just come here. Yeah, they're going to give him some bad news that he is not ready to hear. Oh, hey, Dwight. Didn't see you come in. You were busy, son. Oh, man, I'm starving. So, uh, you staying for dinner? What? Come and sit with us, honey. Why? Just come here. Chicken. Dwight has just told us that they found your mom in New York City. And I'm I'm afraid she's passed away. She died? I'm really sorry. She didn't want to be found. So exactly. Nothing you could have done. Mm-mm. Your mom still needs your help, Jesse, because she left somebody behind. You have a brother. What? He's a half-brother, actually. He's eight years old. Yeah, don't touch me. Just, just leave me alone. I don't want a brother, you guys. I want my mom. kind of drop this on him it's like he's already getting one bull you could have saved the whole you have a half brother for another time you're like giving him a double whammy right here they have him like come over to the couch sit with us we have some news it's not good and they say well we found your mom well they found your mom in new york city and i'm afraid that she's passed away so the fact that they have found his mom after two years, I mean, he had been looking for her since she dropped him off on uh, the Department of Family Services doorstep when he was six. And he had just been the whole time, you know, wanting to find his mom, wanting to make sure she's okay, because clearly she did have, he even, 
hints at it with when he's talking to Willie, like my mom couldn't take care of me. She couldn't even take care of herself. So yes, the way that it insinuates that she could have been, you know, possibly using, we don't know the whole story. And the fact, I remember when I saw this in the theater and everything like that, and even watching it on VHS, when they said she, you know, I'm afraid she's passed away. And I just thought in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, wait a minute, she can't be that old. What exactly? Because I don't think even at age 13, I would have, well, if I was even thinking she had passed away from possible, you know, overdose, I don't know. But I just, wow, that's sudden. That's young. And it's like, well, you know, those things can happen. And Jesse, of course, he's angry. He's like, I should have tried to find her. And Dwight says, you know, she did not want to be found. And that's the thing. If you don't want to be found and you, you're basically going off the grid, you're not going to be found. So, and Glenn even says, there is nothing you could have done to help her. You know, if she can't help herself, nothing you say or do, or even you even being there would have really helped. She was basically on a downward spiral. But the fact that angers me is the, well, first of all, again, the double whammy. They're like, oh, your mom passed away, but she also needs your help. So they're putting this responsibility onto him. Like, hey, you have a half brother. He's eight years old. So that means when I did the math. When she dropped him off at six years old, she could have very shortly after or her had already been pregnant with Elvis. Because he's eight. And he would have been six when Jesse was 12. That's in six. She dropped him off when he was six. So math checks out. And she, I take it she must have been in New York the whole time. That's why he's like, I'm going to find my mom. You're in Seattle. And you're going to go where? She's not anywhere in the state. They couldn't find her. She's way on the other side of the United States of America. And there's no way that he would have even known to look for her there. So, and Annie tries to be comforting. And she puts a hand on Jesse, and Jesse immediately pulls away. He starts to shut down. He's like, don't touch me. And then he, he's like, I don't want a brother, you guys. I want my mom. And he, of course, this is a Jesse way. He runs out of the out of the house. It's like, what did you expect? I would have said, let's deal with the fact that he just lost his mother. He's never going to see her again. None of that. And I would have tabled the whole brother situation for another time. The fact that Dwight says this, you are his only living relative, as in we don't know where his biological, Elvis's biological father is. We don't even know where Jesse's biological father is. Who knows? Uh, he's got, she's got clearly no relatives, no, no parents, no grandparents, no siblings, no one that could take care of this child. But they, Dwight probably figures, well, Glenn and Annie have done such a good job with Jesse. I'm sure they wouldn't mind on a trial basis taking on Jesse's half brother. It's like, oh, well, your mom's not around, but here you go. Here's like a part of your mom and your half brother. Again with the bike. He goes to what looks like could very well be an abandoned building that's connected to a little little bridge there. 
And he goes and sits on this, looks like it's a collapsing dock. And then he's like yelling at the birds, like, get out of here, and throwing like a stick at them. And then he sits on this overturned like chair or and th- and then he of course he he pulls out his harmonica because that is probably one of his remaining connections to his mom is that harmonica. I'm hoping when I cover at least the first book because I don't think I've ever really read that is that maybe we do get a little insight via the author as into Jesse's life prior to living with Gwen and Annie. Oh my God, he's doing he's doing the same thing he did. With, like with that garbage can to the point where yeah he's doing that to this wooden post that's holding up this dock I don't know why but him being angry in the first one seemed more believable and to me his anger here just feels the delivery and it just feels semi laughable like not believable I don't know why maybe because it's he's older his voice has changed. I don't know what it is. Of course, here comes Glenn to go check on Jesse. I'm sure Annie said, go find him, go after him, talk to him. Bring him bring him home, basically. We don't need him running out on the streets again. The thing is, Glenn doesn't say anything at first. He just kind of hangs in the doorway of this dilapidated barn or whatever it is barn up on a, on stilts in the water and he's just kind of listening to jesse kind of vent and just go off it's like how could she ditch me and then have another kid that would be 100 percent. i would be extremely angry if that were me like you abandon one kid and then you go out and have another one you couldn't take care of me, so you drop me off, and then you have another child that you've had for eight years when people are looking for you and trying to find out where you are. Oh, my gosh. I'm not trying to judge his mom, but Jesse's doing plenty of that right now. He is. Who wouldn't be angry at that scenario? And, I mean, for heaven's sake, Glenn, he, Jesse was asking a rhetorical question. He says, I don't know, Jess, I can't answer that one for you. I'd be like, well, I wasn't asking you. I wasn't directing this question at you, Glenn. I don't expect to get an answer. I definitely won't now that she's not here. And Jesse, you know, this is his, his thinking. He's like, you know, I really thought, you know, if I was good and I believed enough that she'd come back for me. So he's getting the idea that that's why she dropped him and left him because he was a bad kid. Like there was something wrong with him. It's like if I just behaved myself and maybe she'd come back for me. And Clint, seriously, why do you need to state the obvious? He's like, oh, she's not coming back, Jesse. Like, yeah, I know that. I know. Thank you, Glenn. Jesse tries to throw off the reason he's crying. Like, oh, it's cold air. Gets in my eyes. And Glenn just kind of waves. I'm like, yeah, don't, don't, don't worry about that, man. It's cool. You don't, you, Jesse, you don't need to put on a brave face for me, man. You, you show, you show your emotions and you get it out. And Glenn says, your little brother's going to come live with us for a couple of weeks. 
just until I kind of get things sorted out and maybe find them in a more permanent place somewhere else. And Jesse's like, oh, yeah, no, I think you mean until Annie falls in love with this kid and never lets him leave. And Glenn's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Of course, Dwight and Annie have it all worked out. Uh-huh. And Jesse doesn't get to be consulted, and neither does Glenn. And Glenn tells Jesse it's called kinship care since you're his only living relative, so he's going to stay with us. His only living relative? Jesse doesn't have a grandma or an aunt or an uncle or... Well, they don't know who Elvis's father is, whether he knows who is... I mean, I don't know. And like I said, I'm not trying to judge, but... I guess it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, until, you know, Dwight finds him in a, a more permanent place. And Jesse's like, oh, yeah. More like until Annie falls in love with him and never lets him leave. <laughs> and Glenn kind of laughs at all. Like, <laughs> exactly. And Jesse kind of kicks at that uh, stump there. He's like, oh, this sucks. And <laughs> Glenn agrees. I was like, yeah, it kind of does, I guess. And Glenn's like, hey, look, it'll be all right, all right? You'll see. And he hands it like, oh, by the way, you dropped this when you walk, ran out of the house. Here's your harmonica. And I love how Glenn kind of cups Jesse's face. Like, hey, I'll wait for you outside. I'll give you a moment to to yourself. Because Jesse, yeah, that's why you went out there to kind of be alone. I don't know, Jess, I can't answer that one for you. I really thought I was good. I believed in love. She'd come back for me. You're not coming back, Jess. <laughs> Okay. Listen, your little brother's gonna come and live with us for a couple weeks. White nanny got it worked out already. It's called uh, kinship care. You're his only living relative, so he's gonna come and stay with us for a couple of weeks. Till the white finds a more permanent place for him to be. Yeah. Until Annie falls in love with him, never lets him leave. <laughs> exactly. Sucks. Yeah, it kind of does, I guess. It'll be all right. We'll see. Job's on. Thanks. I'll wait for you outside. So Jesse's walking his bike back and Glenn's walking behind beside him and then of course Jesse's like you still want to go on vacation? I mean, you still want to do this, Glenn? I mean, bring this kid along? I told we don't even know him. 
And Glenn's like, come on, it'll be fun. And <laughs> I love how Jesse's like, you really believe that? <laughs> yeah, we're still going to do everything we planned, you know, go camping, go on visit Randolph at work, go on the boat, make s'mores, campfires, all that fun stuff. It'll be fun. It's like, really? Glenn? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. Um, ask me in a couple days. <laughs> okay, so now we have Dwight with Elvis. We it's still looks like it's the same house, um, and everything like that. Uh, this kid, from what we see from the back of him, anyway, he's got a backpack. He's got a sleeves cut off jean jacket. He's got a backwards New York Knicks cap because he's from New York. And Dwight's like, look, son, uh, try to be nice to these people. Oh, let me give you a hand with your bag. And he immediately, Elvis, like, yanks it back. Like, mm, you're not touching my bag. No. He's like, be nice. Be nice. <laughs> I noticed that Annie has straight hair in the beginning, but I think later on she has her usual, like, first movie curly hair. Do see an 8x10 or 10x12 size picture of Annie and Glenn and Jesse, probably when Jesse was 12, 13. So there's a knock at the door. Annie calls for Glenn. Like, I think Dwight's here with Elvis. Wait a minute. No, because he didn't say, he's like, you have a, ha on ha a half brother who's eight years old. He didn't say anything about what his name was. Yeah, so this kid is wearing a, like I said, a backwards Knicks hat, a sleeveless jean jacket, and then he's wearing like a um, black and grayish white tie-dye shirt underneath, like he's trying to be a, all tough. And she says, come in, come in, and Dwight's like, Glenn, Annie, I'd like for you to meet Elvis. And when he puts... His hands on Elvis's shoulders. Elvis just shrugs him off like, please don't touch me. So, <laughs> like, Glenn Annie, I'd like you to meet Elvis. Elvis, these are the green woods. And the look on Glenn's face is like, oh, no, here we go again. It's like we rewound two years ago and we're back to Jesse 1.0, only in eight-year-old Elvis form. <laughs> and I like how Annie's like, hey, Elvis. And straight out of this kid's mouth, like, wait, well, aren't you guys rich? And Dwight's like, Elvis. And Elvis says, well, that's what Dwight said. You guys were rich. And Dwight's like, I, I, I never said that. And then Elvis turns and like, yeah, look, I only, I said I can only stay with people who are loaded, you know, so it's not much of an adjustment. Uh-huh. Yeah, both Annie and Glenn are just like, this, oh my gosh, what do we get into? We just dealt with this two years ago. I don't want to go through it again. And yeah, he's like, I can only stay with people who are loaded. Then it's, you know, not much of an adjustment. And they, as he turns to Joy, he's like, it's easier for me. It's almost like when he says it's easier for me, it sounds like he's putting on like a Brooklyn accent. And he can't get out of there fast enough. She's like, I'll go see what's keeping your brother. Because when we cut to the scene originally, yeah, there is, Jesse's got a stereo blaring upstairs. Okay, son, now try and be nice to these people. Let me, let me give you a hand. Be nice. Be nice. Glenn? Yeah. 
Jesse has definitely decorated his room in two years. He's got a SoundCloud. SoundCloud. <laughs> no, I haven't happened yet. He's got a sound garden poster on the back of his door. He's got Go Beavers. So we went from Seattle Sonics in two years to the Beavers. Is that the new Seattle basketball team? I don't know. He's also got a picture of a guitar in the, in the sand with the water. And then he's got like a poster with some orcas and other fish and stuff. Oh, we do see the the orca carving that Randolph gave him in the first movie. It's sitting on a stereo. Apparently Jesse is into guitars. Just kind of like Nick from Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. He went from being a, you know, a science kid and admiring his dad to being completely embarrassed by his dad in the sequel and playing guitar. Jesse's still got that sweet, awesome view. We also see a couple hockey sticks that are propped up between the two, the corner between the two windows there. And we see more houses this time around. It just seems like... The color outside looks like it's kind of muted and kind of bluish gray. Almost like, you know, Twilight, the first movie was kind of muted in like blues and grays. And then in the sequel, it was more kind of a brighter golden color. Whereas it seemed like in the first one, when we saw the view from the windows and how I just talked about how wonderful it was, it just... And it was like, oh, the, because the sun was setting and it was like a nice golden hue on the water. It was really gorgeous and everything. I mean, we do see that far back, but it's just kind of a muted blue color. Like, it's like, it's clearly evening time. What else do we got? Oh, we got that basket, uh, that, that baseball mitt. We got a speaker or that could be an amp on the dresser like shelf unit on Jesse's bed we got another coke can we got a lamp I'm trying to see if there's anything else um what is that thing supposed to be is he a little old for remote control cars I don't know so Jesse asked oh what's he look like I like the guitar that Jesse's holding of course it's red you know my favorite color is red and he's it's got white in the middle so he asked Annie, like, oh, what's he look like? And Annie says, different. Why don't you come find out for yourself? And Jesse's like, I don't want to. Oh, he's also wearing a Led Zeppelin t-shirt, Jesse is. And Annie's trying to reason with Jesse. He's like, Jesse, after he says, I don't want to. She says, Jesse, talk to him. You might learn a few things. And he's like, like what? And Annie tells him, well, he spent the last eight years with your mother, you tell me. Like, you want to learn about what your mom's been doing this whole time while you, 
while she's not been taking care of you, you might want to ask that kid. But be careful because he lies. Like every single word out of his mouth is a complete lie. So take it with a grain of salt. And Jesse just goes back to strum on his guitar. And in the doorway, Annie turns and says, we'll see you downstairs. As in, you don't get a choice. You are coming down here and meeting her brother. Like, we basically, we're not all going to suffer through this kid. You need to get down here. What's he look like? Different. Why don't you come down and find out for yourself? I don't want to. Jesse, why don't you just talk to him? You might learn a few things. Like what? Well, he spent the last eight years with your mother, you tell me. We'll see you downstairs. He'll be right down. So I honestly, I love how real Annie is with Jesse. Before it seemed like she was kind of not so much coddling him in the first movie, but just like letting him go through what he's you know with attitude and whatnot and here it's like she she's being real with him like uh you can have an attitude all you want but you're in the end you're doing this you are not <laughs> i'm not just gonna let you have your own way here so jesse probably figures well it's now or never so annie comes down and says oh he'll be right down and jesse's just sitting in the stairwell there and Annie says, Elvis, this is Jesse. And Jesse turns around, no, Elvis turns around in the chair and looks over his shoulder at Jesse and just says, Jesse says, hey. And this is a catchphrase that is going to be going through the whole movie with Elvis. He's like, he just shrugs his shoulders like, <laughs> whatever. What? He, this makes me think of Dwayne from season eight of Full House. Although he's like, <laughs> whatever, you know, and the, the, Elvis is just like, whatever, like, ugh, what a brat. Even though I think, let me go look up when Francis Capra was born. I know that he is younger than me by a little bit. So let's see here. Um, how old is this kid? Are you serious? This kid is like eight months younger than I am. Are you serious right now? So this kid, when this movie came uh, came out, then he would have been going on twelve or 12 years old, playing an 8, you, you couldn't have upped his age to like 10, although the math wouldn't attract then. It had to have been by the time that Jesse was dropped off at age 6 to the time that he's now 14, so it's been 8 years. Plus, the Francis Capra who plays Elvis looks like he could play 8 or 9. Elvis? This is Jesse. Hi. Whatever. <laughs> Elvis rolls his eyes. 
Like, okay, forget you, okay. Yeah, she's like, okay, I showed face, I'm going back upstairs. So, Annie is kind of hustling everyone. Everyone else is out there but Elvis. And she's like, all right, everyone, we got to hustle. The ferry leaves at 10.30. I would have been on the road by now if you are, like, worried about running late. I don't even know how long it takes to get there. So, Annie's like, Elvis, do you have any, everything you need? Like, yes. Do you use the bathroom? Yes. And Jesse's putting a cooler in the in the boat along with some other stuff. Okay, so this has clearly got to be a ferry where you can take your vehicle onto it. So she's like, all right, get in the car, get in the vehicle. Elvis, put your seatbelt on. Elvis, get in, put your seatbelt on. And I love how Jesse's just standing here like, oh, I don't want to share a car with this kid or a back seat with this kid. And she looks at Jesse expecting like, well, come on, let's go. We don't want to mess with this ferry. You can pout once you get in the car. So they're crossing the bridge with the boat attached to the vehicle. And they're trying to make small talk with Elvis. But this kid ain't having it. Annie's like, oh, so how'd you get the name Elvis, Elvis? And Elvis is just like, my mom. And Glenn's like, Glenn says, yeah, funny. That's how I got my name, too. He's got, oh, this goes on, too. My thing, whatever. And he says, I'm going to be a big movie star, like my dad. And Jesse just rolls like, Jesse. It's like, ugh, how long is this car ride? I can't be next to this kid. I mean, they're both on opposite ends of the back seat, but even still. <laughs> Annie and Glenn are getting a kick out of this kid. Like, <laughs> this kid, <laughs> he's a comedian. He's like, I'm going to be a big movie star, just like my dad. And Jesse's like, yeah, right. And then, <laughs> oh, it says, my dad, you know, Al Pacino. And then you cut to Glenn and Annie just like, now they're rolling their eyes like, oh my gosh. What was funny five seconds ago is just, mm, just eyes rolling, just, uh. And he's like, oh, my friends, they call me the Godfather. No, I'm sure they don't. Yeah, and Jesse's like, give me a break. Eventually he's like, do you come with a remote so I can shut you off? And I was like, nothing, no. He's hanging on Jesse because Jesse's view has got a view of the ocean that they're passing. And Elvis is like leaning over Jesse, like, hey, the ocean! My mom loved the ocean! And Jesse is basically shoving Elvis off of him, like, get off of me, please. <laughs> Elvis is like, another, all these lies. He can't, there's no truth coming out of this kid at all. Like, oh, she was born at sea, you know. And you just see Glenn again rolling his eyes. And Annie's like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> Not. <laughs> I guess Glenn is, like, rolling his eyes even at Annie. Like, why are you encouraging him? Why are you playing along with this kid? Give me a break, Annie. I know you want to be this kid's friend, but please. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, she was born at sea, you know, on an aircraft carrier. No one's supposed to know that, you know, I mean, it's classified. And Jesse finally is like, do you come with a remote? 
And Elvis says, oh, not that I know of. And Jesse looks away and he goes, I know of. Uh, this brat. Listen, before we cut to the scenery here, Elvis has this look like he's enjoying, like, he's getting something out of riling Jesse up because he thinks Jesse's such a stick in the mud since Elvis is such a chatterbox full of lies. So how did you get the name Elvis, Elvis? My mom. Gee, that's funny. That's how I got mine, too. alone time here while Jesse has to suffer through babysitting Elvis. Keep get, Jesse and Elvis both keep giving each other side looks because they do share a mother that, you know, they got different fathers. And of course, Elvis catches Jesse looking at him. He's like, what are you staring at? And Jesse asks, what are you staring at? And Elvis says, a bunch of water. And Jesse's like, yeah, show us what you know. And Elvis is like, oh, is there at least an amusement park on this island? And Jesse says, no, there's not. There's a whale spotting station. And Elvis, ever the eight-year-old here, says, oh, you mean where they paint spots on whales? And Jesse's just like, sure, yeah, whatever. And oh, look, we get to see whales popping up and... Elvis is just slowly, oh my gosh, look at that, that's so cool. The lady's like, oh look, whales, whales. And we see a whale coming out of the water. Guy holding a humongous canning camera. What are you staring at? What are you staring at? A bunch of water. Shows what you know. Is there at least an amusement park on this island? No, there's a whale spotting station. You mean where they paint spots on whales? Yeah. So Annie sees the sign for the campground. Of course, Elvis does this. Every kid does this. I'm sure I did it once in my life when I was young. Are we there yet? <laughs> Are we there yet? How much longer? I have to go to the bathroom again. So <laughs> we go to the campsite and there's, it's like a, um, it's like a canvas tent that's surrounding a um, wooden platform basically it's enclosed it's got a doorway with like I said a canvas tent over it it's pretty big it's pretty um, roomy but Annie's like oh boy here we go probably trash in there probably the 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 campground people probably didn't pick up from the last people that were like oh my gosh there's like wrappers and empty pop cans all over the place Elvis with this 
Game Boy. Ugh. Because Glenn is over by the campsite, the campfire area, and he's sticking in some stakes in the ground to put, like, a log or maybe to put something to roast over the campfire. And he's just trying to make small talk with Elvis, which it's this kid's glued to his handheld video game. He's like, hey, can I get you anything? Cup of coffee, maybe? Having fun? And Elvis just, like, looks at him and says, don't stop trying. Stop trying. He doesn't even hit his thumb with that hammer, but I think he pretends to to get a reaction out of Elvis. He's like, <laughs> laughing behind his hand over his mouth. Now he's just flat out. <laughs> and Andy comes out and she's like, literally, what happened? She's like, Elvis, come over here and help me. Get away from Glenn. He's accident prone. Yeah, she says, Elvis, come here, away from Glenn. And as Elvis walks off, he says, nice job. He's wearing a hoodie, Elvis's, under that jean sleeveless, that sleeveless jean jacket. He's like, come here, I'm putting you to work, kid. I need you to sweep out this tent. So they get a tent kind of on a platform thing to put, like, an air mattress or whatever. Then Jesse has to rough it. Yeah, he has to share a tent with his half-brother, who he just met less than 24 hours ago. Oh, my goodness gracious sake, I'm telling you. Setting up the tent, and he sees Randolph pull up. He's like, Randolph! And he runs, and he... Oh, they hug. He's like, gosh, I haven't seen you in, like, two years. Because he's like, dang, Jesse, you got tall. You're almost taller than me. Jesse! Look at you. <laughs> he's literally saw his hand off his mouth. Six inches. Four and a half. Since breakfast. <laughs> Annie? Hi, Randolph. Mm. Good to see you. Good to see you. Is this your brother? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, my name's Elvis. I'm Heather Apache. <laughs> no, you're not. Nice to meet you, Elvis. Apache. They're the sworn enemy of my people. <laughs> he grips his hand. Did I see Apache? Oh, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Cherokee. That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> on, I love go. it. Where are we going? We'll see you later. Have fun. Yeah, you're not coming with, little man. Oh, yeah, he's like, ah, oh, Jesse, I haven't seen you in so long. You look like you grew, like, six inches. And Jesse says, four and a half. And Glenn's like, oh, yeah, since breakfast. Since he's a teenager and he really put it away. So he's like, oh, I see this is your brother here. And Jesse makes it known, like, half brother, half. And Elvis introduces himself and he shakes <laughs> Randolph's hand and says, hi, I'm Elvis. I'm half Apache. And Randolph says, Apache? Those are the sworn enemy of my people. And I love how when Elvis tries to pull his hand away, <laughs> Randolph grabs it harder. Like, <gasps> he's like really freaked out. And Elvis like, oh, wait, did I see Apache? And uh, Randolph nods like, uh, yeah, I believe that's what you said. I meant, I meant, I meant Cherokee. And <laughs> Randolph says, that's even worse. <laughs> He's like, you can't win with that kid. You can't win with him. So, 
Yeah, Randolph invites Jesse to go whale spotting. And I love how Elvis is like, okay, me too. It's like, no, where do you think you're going, little man? You get to stay and help sweep off that tent. <laughs> like, you're not going. So you just stay put, man. This is a Jesse and Randolph thing. Apparently, Randolph can't drive because he is all over the road. Well, he's actually got one hand on the wheel and he's like rooting through the bag on the seat between him and Jesse. And Jesse's like, do you want me to drive? And Randolph looks at him like, you know how to drive? And Jesse's like, no, do you? So Randolph says, here, I got a couple of surprises for you, for you, for my village. And it's the, um, the carved whale necklace. Or do you really call it a necklace when it comes to guys? Isn't it like referred to as like a chain or something like that? Oh, it's so cool. It comes in a really cool pouch. Yeah, it's got a picture of a carved whale, and it's got a guy on the back, so that might be Nazi Clannay. And Randolph says, you know, my people believe your soul lives here. And he's pointing to his chest. He tells Jesse, when you wear the necklace, the orca is close to your spirit. He says, thanks, this is so cool. It honestly is so cool how... They've come so far in two years from that that kid that came in and was vandalizing the observation area, and then he started working at the amusement park, you know, with uh, Randolph. And I wish I could have said, like, oh, Ray is off doing, you know, she's going back to school or something to get a de another degree in something or other, marine biology. So that's maybe why, I mean, if they could have explained that and all that would have been cool because I mean I haven't I honestly have not seen the third movie since I saw it in the theater back in like 1997 and I think Glenn and Annie might have gotten a name drop in the movie but I'm pretty sure that Elvis did not have a name drop and I'm trying to think whether I guess the second movie is supposed to be set two years later so if Jesse is 14 here he's like 16, 17 years old in the third one. I thought he was like, when I saw him, like, I thought he was out of high school. But I think it was like a summer internship. And Randolph says, I missed you, Jesse. And Jesse says, me too. Aww. I bet they haven't seen each other in a couple years. You want me to drive? You know how to drive? No, do you? Very funny. Yeah. <laughs> Got a couple of surprises for you. For you, from my village. Wow. My people believe your soul lives here. You wear the necklace. The orca is close to your spirit. <laughs> That's so cool. I missed it, Jesse. takes Jesse down to where his boat is, the Nazi Klinde, and he sees Nadine is like, hey Nadine, and she's like, hi Randolph, and the first thing out of girl crazy Jesse's mouth is, oh I hope she's the second surprise, and Randolph says, I'll ignore that, yeah, and he's like, oh, aren't you going to introduce me, and Randolph says, no, I'm going to teach you how to steer, so get up here, and Jesse's like, 
peeking around the corner at her, like, well, who is she? And you just hear this squeak of Jesse's shoes on the floor of the boat as Randolph, like, pulls him away. Like, I would have been dang, Jesse, I didn't know that you got girl crazy in two years. My God. Hey, I'll ignore that. Well, aren't you going to introduce me? No. Come topside. I'll teach you how to steer. Well, who is she? Oh, she's my orca spotter. Cast off that line, Nadine. We'll be on our way. We're in a Nike shirt. No, don't give him binoculars. You know where that will lead. Yep. Oh. Give me a break, Jesse. She's my goddaughter. <laughs> what are you saying? I'm saying she's like a daughter to me. Look out for her. So, off limits. Okay. Hey, Dean! Come on up here! <clears throat> Get it over with, just introduce them. Nadine, Jesse, Nadine. Hi. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nadine, take over here. Jesse, come with me. I want you to listen to okay. something. I gotta get by. Oh, yeah. Okay. My gosh. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, yeah, he takes him up there and he's like, here, Jesse, here's some binoculars. Keep a lookout out on the water. And the first Jesse does as soon as he brings the binoculars up to his eyes, look, goes down below, looking at Nadine. And Randolph, like, slaps him on the shoulder. And Jesse's like, what? Like, give me a break, Jesse. She's my goddaughter. And Jesse asks, what are you saying? I'd be like, back off, for one. And I also look out for her, meaning I keep her away from crazy girl crazed teenage boys. <laughs> so Randall probably figured, well, may as well just get this over with. Hey, Nadine, Nadine, come up here. Jesse, Nadine, Nadine, Jesse. And I love, like, oh, hi. She's like, yeah, she's like, oh, uh, hi. And Jesse actually puts his hand out for her to shake. And it takes her a beat before she actually, like, shakes his hand. And... Randolph's like, hey, come down here. I want to show you. I, I want to have you hear something. And she's like, um, excuse me, I gotta like get by, cause you know Randolph wants her to steer the boat while he's not gonna be up there. And <laughs> Jesse is just like googly heart googly eyes at her as he's like moving out of her way. And the look of she's just like, oh boy, she probably gets this all the time from boys at school. Boys visiting the island, and they're all like, Nadine, you're so pretty. Because <laughs> she's just like, oh, this boy, crazy boy, I'm going to be stuck with him. Randolph has Jesse listen to a recording that he made about a week ago. And Jesse recognizes those sounds. He recognizes those whale sounds are familiar. It's like, Randolph. It's Willie. It's Willie. 
It's like, yeah, I thought so. Thing about a week ago. really awesome setup here with his sonar equipment Randolph does I mean his that um, down below deck is really set up with all that equipment that you would need to be able to capture sound and sonar and all that fun stuff so he sees there's no orcas so it's like okay well let's try another area they might be you know maybe they're eating or something like that we can go over to where they normally feed so he's like, okay, Nadine, I'm going to take over. Yeah, and he's like, you know, maybe they're out at uh, Turner's Point having lunch. And she goes down below with some binoculars. And then Jesse's like, oh, I'm going to go down for a closer look. Yeah, uh-huh, sure you are, Jesse. Because Nadine just went down there. He's like, okay, I'm going down to get a better look. And <laughs> Randolph's just like rolling his eyes. Uh. <laughs> Jesse, you changed it over two years. <laughs> Randolph just laughs to himself like, ah, <laughs> oh, teenagers. And Nadine's like, oh, I gotta share this space with Jesse. Because even from, like, a zoom-out shot here, we do see Jesse is, like, standing right next to Nadine, and then he's turning and looking at her with the binoculars, which, that's creepy. You're, like, a foot away from her, standing next to her. What do you think you're going to get from those binoculars that you wouldn't get standing, like, a half a foot apart from somebody? <laughs> All right, so he's, he's hearing them. He's hearing the orcas on the speaker. J-Pod! Wow, we got to get closer! Whoa! Wow, that's a whole, yeah, a whole pile of them. cheered up when he saw Willie come out of the, out of the water. He's like, that's Willie, that's Willie. And I'm just thinking over the two years and the bond that he and Jesse 
Willie and Jesse formed and everything and just seeing like Willie's been reunited with his mom and his little sister and little brother and everything and it just oh and just oh like Jesse saying oh he looks good he you know he looks healthy and just happy and just oh uh so and he's calling it Willie Willie and right now I was like Jess they're hunting we can come back tomorrow and she's like, what time? And Randolph says, oh, very early. <laughs> so the sun is going down, and Jesse's just getting back to the campsite. And Glenn's got a nice fire going, so that's cool. So I guess Annie is helping Elvis get set up in Jesse's tent. Well, Jesse and Elvis have to share that tent. But Jesse is so excited. He's like, Glenn, I saw Willie. I saw him just for a second really far away. And Glenn's like, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Randolph thought you might see him. I just, I think that's cool, like, the timing and everything. Like, you get out there, you're going to go be able to see, you know. Well, I mean, that wasn't a given. That wasn't a guarantee that you would get to see Willie again. You know, it's just like, hey, let's go out on the boat. Well, and the fact, well, I mean, this trip had to have been planned prior to Randolph hearing Willie's vocal sounds a week prior right and jesse's like it was so cool you know to see him with his family and glenn says you know that must be great for him and jesse says yeah it must be it's like it's almost like yeah i mean you, you saved this whale he was able to adapt and reconnect with his family you know he wasn't rejected by any of the whales it's like that's just amazing to just see him thriving and happy after two years and of course, the thought on Jesse's mind, you think he misses me? And she, I love, uh, Glenn, it's just like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he misses you. I'm sure he thinks about you. I love Glenn when he's like, besides, you got your own family, remember? <laughs> As Glenn tosses him a cup, I guess I got some hot chocolate brewing in that, um, that tin canister that's sitting on the, uh, above the campfire. Yeah, he's like, you got your own family, remember? Just like Willie, don't forget, alright? And Jesse's like, yeah, I know. Glad I saw Willie! I saw him just for a second. Really far away. Randolph thought you might. It was so cool, you know? To see him with his family. <laughs> Must be great for him. Yeah. Hmm? Must be. Do you think he misses me? Oh, yeah. I know he does. Besides, you got your own family. Just like Willie. Don't forget. Right? Yeah. I know. So, okay. Elvis is <laughs> using a spigot to be able to brush his teeth. While Annie and jesse set up this tent and you know this is the thing you know if you're you're tenting you're you're putting a sleeping bag on ground basically you don't want to make sure there's no rocks no twigs none of that stuff or you're gonna have a messed up back you're gonna have you're gonna have a hurt back anyway regardless because you're sleeping on the ground and there's only like these the little thin pads that they have to put between the bottom of the tent and their sleeping bag is they're ridiculously thin that don't look it would be any comfort whatsoever 
They'd honestly be better, although if you think about it, if you were to put a decent-sized air mattress in there, that means that Jesse and Elvis would have to share an air, air mattress. I mean, they'd be in separate sleeping bags, but even still, it's like, Jesse already can't stand being in, in a back seat with this kid. You think he wants to share a tent? They should have brought an extra tent so Elvis could have his own. Elvis comes up behind them in the doorway of the tent. He's like, I can't sleep on the ground. And Jesse says, we're all sleeping on the ground. It's called camping. And then Elvis is like, yeah, but you you have two pads and I only have one. And Jesse's like, look, we were all supposed to have two pads. Nobody did, didn't even know you were going to be on this trip with us, okay? It was last minute. There's nothing we can do. Oh, Elvis, you do not have a bad bath, man. Do not say that. And Jesse says, so what? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> and Annie's like, Jesse, give Elvis your extra pad. He's our guest. Like, here, this thin pad is not going to do anything to help you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she starts guilting Jesse. Like, Jess, come on. You had a great day. Give Elvis your extra pad. This thing is literally, like, as thin as a bed sheet. It is so thin. Even with two of those things, it's not going to give you much of any comfort whatsoever. They didn't have air mattresses in 1995. Really? You could have gotten a couple small, singular ones to put in there. I mean, come on. You're going to feel a lot better with an air mattress under your sleeping bag than you are with a thin, thin pad. <laughs> See, I, I, I swear they have, you know, I don't go camping. I went once with a friend of mine and his family. It was okay. But it was just, they had to make like those styrofoamish, like fo those foam type pads for camp. I'm going to look that up right now. It's going to drive me nuts if I don't. See, so, I mean, the ones I'm looking at, some of these pads are, like, just like what Jesse has. It's very, very thin. And, and, and some of them are much thicker. Oh, this is a memory foam camping pad. See, I think that would be, I mean, it's $119, but it looks a lot more comfortable than what Jesse's got there. That is not going to help. After all, he is our guest, Jesse. What? I don't get what the bandana around Annie's neck, that red bandana, red bandana around her neck is supposed to represent. I mean, it seems like you would see something like that for those that are, like, out in the outback and stuff like that. They'll have, like, a bandana around their neck. But, <laughs> I don't know. And she's got a scrunchie in her hair, so it's not like she has to keep her hair up or anything. I mean, it's not like she's using the bandana. Maybe it's just, so, like, if it's, like, really hot and sweaty and you're like, oh, let me use this bandana around my neck to, like, wipe the sweat off my... Oh, and the kid, that could be, like, to get the sweat around your neck when it's sweaty. Um, when I worked at the factory in the summertime, they gave us these little bandana things that we would, like... It was had like little beads inside of it, and then you'd run it under water, and it would expand, so that way you could like wrap it around your neck, so that way it would help keep your neck cool, like cool you down. Cause in the fact, I mean, it it's hot. I mean, they got those air like inflatable air things that are blowing air, and then you have little fans at your station. But 
when it's like 90 plus degrees outside, it's like almost feels like it's twice that inside a factory. So any kind of relief you can, I mean, yeah, I remember, I would go to the bath, because the bathroom was right near the station I work at, and I would just like douse my hair, like get my hair completely soaked. And then within five minutes, my hair was dry by the time I stepped out and went back to my station. These kids just keep sniping at each other. Thanks, Jesse. And then Jesse's like, yeah, Elvis. I'm surprised when they're asking about how Elvis got his name. Like, did your mom name you after Elvis Presley? And then she named Jesse after Elvis's passed away brother. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But it just seems like your mom was an Elvis Presley fan, right? <laughs> yeah, there she was a fan of Full House. Like, Jesse was named after Jesse Katsopoulos. <laughs> John Stamos' character on Full House. <laughs> well, that wouldn't really work because <laughs> Jesse would have been born before Full House started because Full House started in 87. He's like, oh, you got to help him set up. So I'm going to close this so you won't get bitten by, by mosquitoes. Jesse, honey, move that twig or it'll hurt your back. I can see from the ground. Oh. We're all sitting on the ground. It's all candy. You get no special treatment. You have two pins and I only have one. Well, I'm supposed to have I'm two not going to make a difference. Those things won't help well, anymore. Good. So what? Just come on. You had a great day. Give Elvis your extra pad. After all, he's our guest. Does he deserve to have it? No. Thanks, Jesse. Yeah, Elvis. Right, you help him set up, okay? Good night, guys. I'm gonna close this so you won't get bitten by mosquitoes. Because that's the worst of their problems. As soon as Annie shuts that that uh, door on their tent, Jesse is like, "You don't have a bad back, do you?" And Elvis is like, "Yeah, I do. I have a bad back." From spasms, which I got from bungee jumping in the Alps. Oh, God, this kid. I can't stand him. I, I would not. I would be like, where's the car? Yeah, sleep. I'm like, I'm sleeping in the car, okay? I'm sleeping in the car in the back seat. And I've discussed it. I cannot share a space with that kid. I don't see why someone couldn't sleep in the car if they wanted to. I mean, it's not going to be any different. You're going to be roasting just the same whether you're in a tent or whether you're in a vehicle. Is a good amount of at least a foot of space between Jesse's sleeping bag and Elvis's. They're on opposite sides of the tent. And Jesse takes, I'm not sure what, I think it's a rock or something. And he like draws an invisible line down the middle and says, Hey, you see this line, Elvis, that I'm drawing right here? And Elvis says, No. And Jesse says, well, you cross it as he grabs Elvis's leg and shoves it over this, aside from this invisible line that he's running. You cross it, you're dead. It does not shut up. Jesse's got two pillows. I don't know where Elvis's pillows are. Uh, they didn't bring any for him because no one knew he was coming this last minute. So he's like, oh, Glenn and Annie told me all about you and Willie. And Jesse's like, that's right, go to sleep. Elvis is like, it's funny, the same thing happened to me two summers ago. And Jesse has had it with this kid. He throws a pillow at Elvis's face and says, shut up, go to sleep. Ugh. Oh, he puts his arm like, really, kid, go to sleep. Oh, Elvis is just, ugh, oh, this kid has no off switch. 
He's like, oh, is this the line you didn't want me to cross? As he, like, puts his foot right on Jesse's butt. Or is this the line? And he moves it up higher, like, to Jesse's, like, shoulder blade. Just below, his foot is right below Jesse's neck. And Jesse, like, shoves him off and says, all right, that's it. Like, I am out of here. And he just storms past Glenn and Annie, who I think are still sitting at the campsite. Oh, there's no, they're not sitting at, they're probably in their own, see, they're in their nice little cabin, canvas tent enclosure. They have so much space in there. They're like, heck no, well, of course not, we're gonna, we're not gonna share a tent with that eight-year-old kid, no. We need our adult time. We need to be away from the kids. To, yeah, Jesse storms off and then Elvis just sits there like, why, why? Oh, I always wreck everything. Me and my big mouth. He could be thinking that, but who knows. You don't have a bad bag, do you? I do so. I'm Spanish. I got bungee jumping in the Alps. Yeah, right. See this line? No. Well, you cross it. You're dead. Glenn and Annie tell me all about you and Willie. That's nice. Go sleep. It's funny, you know. The same exact thing happened to me two summers ago. Shut up! Go to sleep! <sighs> is uh, this the line you didn't want me to cross? Or is um, this the one? Alright, that's it! I thought the tent was zipped up. Alright, so it's nighttime and Jesse is sitting on the end of a dock. He is playing his harmonica, the same familiar tune. It's the first one. And I'm guessing he gets to the end of the song finally because it seemed like whenever he would try to play it in the uh, in the first movie, he would always get interrupted. So I'm like, oh, we finally get to hear like the end of it. <laughs> And, of course, he goes to put his harmonica back in his pocket. He doesn't have the case for it anymore. He lost it. And it slips right out of his hands, right into the water. He's like, oh, great, great. And, of course, who hears that familiar tune but Willie? And <laughs> Jesse is surprised to see him there. Like, oh, wow, Hi. And he's like, oh, yeah, because Willie opens his mouth, and it's like Jesse's harmonica is, like, sitting right there. Like, oh, wow, thanks, boy, you found it. Just like he's talking to an obedient dog that found something he lost. And he's just also saying how, wow, you've grown, haven't you? Well, it's been two years. Jesse, you've gotten taller, too. Yeah, you're gonna wanna clean that. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. I missed you so much. 
must be so happy to be with your mom. Better go, she's calling. Well, anyway, goodbye. So, yeah, he's also saying, oh, it must be so nice to be to be with your mom. And then Jesse kind of realizes, you know, he doesn't realize, but kind of brings up the fact, you know, he's probably from pushing it to the back of his mind that, you know, his mom passed away and he says, yeah, my mom died. And he just says, you know, I don't know what to do. I just, I feel so all alone. Like I've got nobody. And yes, I mean, he does have Glenn and Annie, but there's a biological connection to his mom that even though he hasn't seen her since, you know, he was six years old, it still, it still hurts, you know, Sure, that there's Elvis, but he doesn't know anything about that kid. I mean, sure, he spent the last six years with, you know, Jesse's mom and everything, but it's not the same as, you know, having his mom back. You know, I'm sure he has questions as to what happened, why it happened, and whatnot. And, uh, I love how Willie just lets Jesse just... You know, just just release his sadness and his his thoughts and everything like that, and and it's just it's so sweet. Then Jesse gives Willie a kiss on the nose, and he hears Willie's mom calling, like, "Oh, you better go. She's calling. See ya." And I love how Willie puts his his fin up and leaves. <laughs> All right, so now we're back in the tent. And Jesse is laying on a sleeping bag. He's got Erling in his sleeping bag. He's got this large flashlight, which he uses it to look at Elvis. He's probably trying to figure out, you know, this kid is half of my mom, same as me. And he shines it right in the, I mean, Elvis does not look like he's really sleeping. Because Jesse shines it right in the kid's face and says, Elvis <laughs> wakes up and says, Katya, I never sleep. Like, that's great. Good night. See, you had to wake up the kid. I never sleep. Yeah, right. All right, now we get a beautiful shot of the, the morning here. It looks like definitely an aerial shot was done for this scene. Just gorgeous scenery. Absolutely gorgeous. Oh, and Jesse. Annie and Glenn are just trying to sleep and have some moments of peace before we have to get uh, on Elvis duty here. Jesse comes in like, hey, Glenn, Annie, 
Wake up. It's seven in the morning. Let's go out on the boat with Randolph. And they're like, don't you like normally wake up like before like afternoon? Even <laughs> Glenn's throwing a pillow at Jesse saying, you want to keep your voice down? You'll wake up the grizzly bears. Yeah, she's like, don't you <laughs> normally wake up afternoon? And Jesse's like, it's dawn. Randolph's leaving at dawn. Let's go. Like, no, no, no. You go on ahead. And then Annie says, oh, Jesse, can you take Elvis with you? And Jesse's like, no way. I'm not doing that. Yeah, they're so <laughs> You just pawn him off to Jesse like, hey, he's your half-brother. You take him. Jesse's like, uh, no, no, no. You insisted that he come on this camping trip. I am not babysitting that kid. That's on you. You wanted him on this trip. He's your responsibility. Jesse goes to the tent, and of course Elvis is sleeping, and Jesse just screams in his face, Wake up! And Elvis jumps up like, ah, They're walking in a place that's got a bunch of, like, big rocks. It's just, yeah, it doesn't look like there is, you can't run on that ground because you're going to end up running into a rock. And Jesse's like, hurry up, move your legs. What are you doing? If Randolph leaves without us, I'm going to break your legs. <laughs> and Elvis is like, I'm walking as fast as I can. And Jesse says, well, why don't you try running? And Elvis tells him, well, it's not my fault that my legs are shorter than yours. And another Elvis lie, oh, I have a black belt in karate. And Jesse tells him, yeah, well, I have laser death rays that come out of my eyes. So, yeah, it looks like they're not going anywhere on that boat today, at least, because Randolph is working on it. <laughs> Something's wrong with the boat. Because Nadine's like, all right, Aunt Randolph, I guess I'll see you in a couple hours, huh? He's like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. This song was playing in the background. I, I think it's by... Not Janet Jackson, maybe one of the other Jackson sisters. So, yeah, the album did have, uh, the soundtrack did have other members of the Jackson family singing on it. And I do remember this song partic in particular, I'll Say Goodbye for the Two of Us. I played this song a lot on that cassette tape soundtrack that I had. Of course. Nadine's ready to, you know, she starts walking away from the boat, and Jesse is right there, drooling like a goofy teenage boy who is lovestruck. Jesse's wearing a Seattle Seahawks hat. And Elvis sees this whole uh, shuffle look, excuse me, I gotta get by you. And he's like, oh, traitor, what is with you? And Jesse's like, what? Elvis tells him, girls are the enemy. Of course, eight-year-old Elvis would think that. And Jesse says, no, you are the enemy. See? <laughs> Nadine walking up that ramp, and she just turns and looks over her shoulder like, what is with this guy? <laughs> and then Jesse even says that with a straight face. It's like, hey, Randolph, when are we leaving? Like, do not see him working on this boat. You're not going anywhere, at least not today. 
he says something about I got I thought he said I have a problem with the filter or or some whatever. It's more than likely gonna take a couple hours. Well, that's gotta bite. But hey, he saves on repairs by doing them himself. And Jesse looks in the distance at Nadine's retreating back and says, "Oh, I'll uh, see you in a couple hours." And he rushes off, and Randolph is just like. But, huh, huh, are you going after my goddaughter again? Jessie, I told you. It's like she is off limits. Leave her alone. So, Jessie tells Elvis, like, Elvis, can you just go back to camp? Tell Glenn and Annie I went out on the boat with Randolph, but you couldn't go because you get seasick for some reason. And Elvis decides to have a conscience because he's like, but that would be a lie. And Jesse says, yeah, I'm sure you can handle it. Like, every word out of your mouth is a lie. So how is this any different? Be a kid. You're, uh, you be annoying and people are not going to want to hate you. You lie all the time. No one's going to want to hang out with you. So Jesse just uses this as a way to spy on Nadine because <laughs> she's looking out at the water. She's sitting on this giant fallen tree and she's just kind of looking out over the water just waiting and hoping she'll be able to see some orcas come up and of course I don't know whether they're spy, spy hopping what that means whether that's an actual term but they're kind of jumping you know up and down bobbing their heads and everything like that and Jesse is like crawling along this boulder that's in the water because he wants to get a closer look at Nadine he he is really creeping of course, we gotta go with Jesse's color scheme, just like in the first movie. It's blue. He's got his blue Seattle Seahawks shirt. He's got a long-sleeved light blue shirt, blue jeans, and black Nikes with blue on them. Yeah, she she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm sitting in the ocean. Because that rock that he was on was really slick from, you know, water hitting it. And he lost his balance, his grip, grip <laughs> slid down the rock and fell into this puddle, you know, of water there. And she's like, you followed me here, didn't you? And he says, so? Of course, she, <laughs> she has to slide down that slick part of that rock there. Because <laughs> she was kind of like, oh, here, let me give you a hand. Let me help you up. <laughs> Funny, because it seems like Jesse and Nadine are supposed to both be 14, but Nadine, and I know they say that girls mature faster than boys, but Nadine is very mature for 14. And maybe I'm just kind of thinking it feels like kids back then in the 90s at that age probably did seem older than what they were, that they were a little more, you know, girls were a smidge more mature. Uh, you know, than maybe maybe even kids today. It's just, it's just, it's interesting how it just seems like kids back then looked older than what, you know, you see kids kind of look like, oh my gosh, you're in high school, you look like you're like 10 years old. Jesse's like, oh, what is this place? Because it's a little cove area, and it's really nice. It's kind of isolated, you know, you don't have a bunch of tourists around, so you can just sit and just, you know, watch the whales come in and all that stuff. Because he's like, oh, what is this place? You're like, this is my favorite place in the whole world. And of course, Elvis, instead of going back to camp, is just following Jesse around from a distance. 
And he's like looking at Jesse and Nadine, not understanding. Like, oh, why is this guy into girls? Girls are gross. You know, because he's supposed to be eight years old, this kid. He's like, ew. So Nadine says, yeah, this is J-Pod. And Jesse's like, yeah, I know that. She says, you know, this is their rubbing rocks. They will come from all over to just rub their stomachs on the cool rocks at the bottom. Oh, it's a cove. Okay, a little cove. Okay. And to him, how if you sit here long enough, one will come really close. And how close? And she says, mm, 10 feet once. And Jesse's like, that close. Because he's actually ridden a killer, you know, an orca. So Jesse sees Willie there in the cove, and he pulls out his harmonica to try to get Willie's attention. And Nadine sees it, and she's like, are you still trying to impress me? He's like, just, just watch. You look out on the water and you see Willie's head kind of slightly turn. Like, he's hearing that harmonica. It's like, oh, Jesse's over there. <laughs> Are you still trying to impress me? Just, just watch. Just watch. Are gonna have another chance if I don't work there? Wow, this is great. 
get you, Willie. Oh, he's coming back. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Showing off again. What's he doing? Showing off. Hey, <laughs> he blew his head <laughs> in the water. Yeah, great friend. <laughs> Way to go, boy! Oh my gosh! He wants to introduce Nadine to Willie, and he's like, "Well, oh, you can pet him if you want." And she's like, "No, no." It's like, "Come on, come on, you know you want to." So she reaches down to pet Willie on the nose, and he like ducks under, and then he just like sprays them both with water. And then of course, Little Spot, who's Willie's shadow, which is really funny. It's like parallel to. Jesse and his younger half-brother. Actually, you do get Willie's point of view in the second book. Maybe even the first book. But you hear how Little Spot is kind of tag along to Willie. Like, oh, he's so annoying. Everything is, it's, it's adorable. But, <laughs> and then Willie, like, blows Jesse's hat off into the water. Jesse's like, well, I gotta get my hat. So he jumps into the water and he gets on Willie's back and he's riding him around. He's like, hey, Nadine, come on, get in. The water's great. And she's, come, Jesse, get a grip. This is a killer whale. And he's like, come on, he's my friend. And it, ah, oh, so adorable. He's kind of showing off, like, look, no hands. <laughs> he's like reclining back against Willie's dorsal fin. <laughs> Elvis is like, oh, if this works for Jesse, maybe I can try this on the, the smaller whale. <laughs> so he goes down, sees Jesse's harmonica, starts blowing into it, and here comes Little Spot. And Elvis gets freaked out. Get away from me! What did you think was going to happen? Of course the little whale was going to come up there and start blowing water all over. He's like, ah! <laughs> Later, Willie. Jesse! Give me your hand. <laughs> Thanks. I can't believe that. That was so cool. Maybe I'll catch you next time, huh? I can't believe he let you do that. Well, I think he likes it. <laughs> I think you're right. Bye, boy. See ya. Bye. Oh yeah, Nadine helps Jesse out of the water. <laughs> She's starting to look at him in a, in a different way. Like, hmm, maybe there's something to this guy. Because she's like, oh, I couldn't believe he let you do that. And Jesse says, well, maybe next time you know, you can pet him and everything. Like, yeah, maybe she'll see. <laughs> and she, yeah, the way she's, they're both kind of 
glancing at each other shyly. It's like, I think she's kind of starting to crush on him. Like, hmm, maybe he's not such an annoying, love-struck teenager. So, um, yeah. And now, of course, we get to one of the main plots of the movie, which is going to be this oil tanker that's going around back and forth. You do see that the orcas are being affected by those giant oil tankers going through the ocean. It's like they're having to move out of the way and everything. And it's just like, get out of here, oil tankers. So now we're going to go back to the campsite where they are cooking what could be chicken. It doesn't look like burgers to me. But they're also shucking corn. All this sees Jesse and Nadine sharing binoculars and he starts making, you know, weird faces at Nadine when she like moves her the binoculars over to him. <laughs> and she replies like, Oh, yeah, he doesn't look anything like you, your brother. And Jesse's like, Yeah, well we have different dads. And then of course the topic goes to the oil tankers. Well, he doesn't look anything like you. Well, Elvis, yeah, well, we got different dads. Hey, look, an oil tanker. Tell me about it. Come through here like it's our own private highway. I saw Jesse kissing Nadine. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, both Annie and Glenn are like, okay. <laughs> You're going to talk to him about that. Back to the rubbing rocks. You want to go down there and check it out? Okay. <laughs> cool. Now they're being uh, goofy with each other. Oh, hey. Hey, Glenn. Hey. Nadine, uh, this is Glenn. Hi. Nice to meet you. Hello, nice to meet you. Randolph's granddaughter. Yeah, Randolph's yeah. granddaughter. Oh, that's what you say. Sure. I'll be right back. Uh huh. Okay. Elvis and his lies. He's like, oh my gosh, the kid. He says, oh, I saw Jesse kissing Nadine, which he did not. He's just stirring up trouble. And Glenn and Annie kind of look at each other, and Annie's kind of giving Glenn a look like, you need to talk to him because he's 14, and we don't need to be grandparents at um <laughs> in our 30s. So... Jesse and Nadine decide, hey, let's go look for J-Pod. Maybe they went down to the rubbing rocks and go check it out later if you want to. It's like, yeah, kind of non-committal. Like, yeah, I mean, if you want to. I mean, we, we don't have to. So Glenn goes up there, and Jesse and Nadine are just kind of, you know, sitting on the ground, just hanging out. And I was like, oh, hey, Glenn, how you doing? Yeah, this is uh Nadine. Nadine, this is Glenn. Yeah, this is... uh. Randolph's goddaughter. And they turn back around so they're facing the ocean again. And Glenn, like, elbows Jesse, like, hey, you and I, we need to have a conversation, like, away from here. One of the awkward parent-teen conversations that you have when they reach that age of being interested. And... 
the you know opposite sex or same however however but conversations do need to be had yeah he's gonna tell <laughs> jesse's gonna train and tell him straight up like yeah um yeah that never happened because glenn says alva saw you and nadine down at the cove he said that he saw you no oh oh no it's the fact that this is a misinterpreted conver conversation because Jesse's thinking that Glenn's talking about him and Willie, whereas Glenn is talking, actually talking about, you know, Jesse and Nadine. And just saying, like, hey, I was a lot like you when you were young. You know, I was a girl crazy, too. And I was, you know, just like that. But it can lead to trouble. And yes, I need you to be responsible. <laughs> Eventually, he says, yeah, yeah. And Jesse's like, oh, I know exactly what I'm doing. And <laughs> Glenn's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I thought that way, too. He's like, yeah, uh-huh. But Annie's worried. She wants me to talk to you because it could lead to other things. And, yeah, he says sex. Like, it could lead to sex. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You hear, like, Jesse's conversation in his head is all, you know, he's, you know, swimming with Willie. It's like, yes, he's a wild animal. I get it. But I am being careful. And then when Glenn drops the, the sex word, it's just kind of like, what? It's like, no, I'm not talking. What? No, I'm talking about you and Nadine. <laughs> Like, I didn't kiss her. I don't know who said that. Who said that? I didn't kiss her. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> Elvis saw you and Nadine this morning down the cove. Yeah, that figures. Listen, I was a lot like you when I was your age. Annie's kind of worried about this. She wants me to talk to you. She thinks that kind of behavior can be dangerous. Nadine thought so, too, but it's perfectly safe. <laughs> exactly what I'm doing. Oh, I used to think the same thing. Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're a real ladies' man, Glenn. Practically an expert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, listen. You're a smart kid. You're a good kid. I know you're just going with your feelings, but it can lead to other things. Like what? Well, well, sex. Clean is sex? <laughs> yeah, right, huh? Clean is sex. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine, why? I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm talking about you kissing Nadine. I didn't kiss Nadine. You didn't. No, I didn't kiss her. Who said that? Who do you think said that? I'll give you three guesses. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Elvis is back at the campsite by himself, probably drinking hot chocolate because he's spilled some on himself. He's like, ah! Glenn goes over there, arms folded. He's like, oh, you and me, little man, we're going to have a convo right now. And he's like, you're on a timeout. You're going to be in this tent until I say you can get out of it. And Elvis says, but I'm hungry. And Glenn tells him, well, then eat your hat. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he uses his, his word right at, back at him because Elvis is like, uh, hi. <laughs> and Glenn says, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> hi. Whatever. You're not going anywhere. But I'm hungry. Eat your hat. 
Okay, so it's the next day. Jesse and Nadine have got their swimming gear on, and they are going swimming with Willie and his siblings, Luna and Whittlespot. Elvis has got Jesse's harmonica. He clearly took it. And he starts blowing the harmonica to get Little Spot's attention. And, oh, wouldn't you know, look what he brought. He brought a uh, super soaker with him so he can start spraying it. Like, oh, you like that? Oh, you're going to spray me? <laughs> I'm going to give you back with this the super soaker. I'm going to get you back with the super soaker. He really thinks a super soaker with a small, steady stream is going to defeat a... Uh, a young orca that's just got a mouthful of water and can just spray it right in your face and just soak your clothes. <laughs> like, come back and fight like a fish. <laughs> See you later, fish. <laughs> of course, we get to my favorite scene as a teenager. I've played this over and over and over again. Jesse and Nadine, they say goodbye to Willie and his siblings, and they... Jesse and Nadine share a kiss. They're even holding hands under the water. She's wearing, oh, she's wearing a bathing suit, but she's wearing, like, jean cut-off shorts over her bathing suit. She's wearing that necklace everywhere he goes. Swimming. Just anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> and he takes Nadine's hand and is like, bye, Willie, see you later. <laughs> All right, so it's nighttime confession time in the tent. Jesse wakes up Elvis because he wants to ask him a question. And he asks him, did mom ever talk about before you were born when she lived out here? And you know Elvis is, again, full of lies, but I think it's kind of tinged with hurt, you know, that he, he lost his mom. And it's like, no, she didn't talk about that. Yeah. And Jesse is still asking these questions like, oh, did uh, did she ever talk about my dad? No, it says no. He's not even looking at Jesse when he's saying this. And he's just lying through his teeth. And, of course, Jesse with each no that he's getting in response to these questions is getting more and more hurt. And, of course, he asks, did she ever talk about me? And Elvis says, no. Come on, Jesse, you know that that kid is lying. He's not even looking at you. And Elvis starts crying, saying she had problems. And Jesse knows what problems Elvis is referring to. It's like, yeah, like what? And Elvis says, well, she lied all the time. And Elvis says, she lied a lot. She said she loved me. She said she would never leave. Well, she told Jesse the same thing, and look what happened. Okay, so in a, in a kind of way, I mean, Jesse and Elvis are still are dealing with the very similar hurts of abandonment and trust issues. I mean, if you get past those lies and get Elvis to really open up, I mean, come on, man, it's like sooner or later, you guys both lost a parent. Now, whether they know what happened to their dads, we, who knows? Who knows? If, you know, they give each other the chance to open up a little bit and be truthful, especially on Elvis's part, they'll learn they have a lot in common. And not just with, you know, the fact that they share a mom who's passed away. 
Thomas, wake up. What? I have to ask you something. Okay. Did Mom ever talk about before you were born? When she lived out here? No. Did she ever talk about my dad? No. Did she ever talk about me? She had problems. Like what? She lied a lot. Said she loved me. Said she would never leave. So we go back to the oil tanker. Apparently they need to get where they're going fast. So they decide to speed up the boat, which is dangerous because there's rocks all along the bottom of the boat. And if you go fast, you're going to end up bumping them. And I guess the oil tanker is very old and not in the best condition. And of course, ends up hitting a rock, a rock and just oil spills out of the hull just going all over and of course the orcas are there it's not just the orcas that are being affected it's all land you know land and sea animals that are out there that are being affected jesse wakes up and he of course hears willie's cries because you can hear them pretty close by and he senses something's going on so he decides to go and investigate and i think this is where he sees that Willie's sister Luna is beached. She's covered in oil. This poor, poor girl. Over there, look! Come on, come on! Jesse immediately spots Luna. She's beached. She is like more out of the water than she's in the water. Her top hat like covered in crude oil. And we see Willie and Little Spot are a little ways back in the water. Of course, Willie is being very protective of his sister. Even though he knows Jesse, it's like, I don't want anyone getting close to her. They might hurt her. And she's just really, really distressed. 
And Jesse tells Elvis, like, you need to go get Glenn and Annie, have them call Randolph and get them down here because we need to get her back in the water as fast and as quickly as possible. So Elvis, of course, goes, and because he is a pack of lies, Glenn and Annie are sleeping, and he's like, hurry, 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 you gotta call the National Guard or the Army or, or Randolph. There's been an oil spill. It's trapped the whales. And Glenn is like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, whatever. I don't believe anything you say. And Elvis says, I'm telling the truth. Like, yeah, that would be a first. So Annie kind of picks up on the whale calls, you know, the distress calls from the whales that she's hearing. And Glenn listens. He's like, okay, I'll call Randolph. It's like, see, Elvis, this is what happens when you don't tell the truth all the time. No one's going to believe you. Like the boy who cried wolf, basically. Yeah. So Jesse, the best that he can do right now, he's trying to get this crude oil off of Luna. But the thing is, even though he might get it off of her, her skin and everything, her bullhole, basically where she breathes from, also would have that in there as well. So basically the crude oil could even be in her lungs and affecting her breathing. problem it doesn't just have it's not just a 90 saying this still goes on today which is very very sad you know I, I think that Don Dishsoap does have I think still have a picture of them cleaning a little duckling covered in oil with a toothbrush or, or something to that effect but yeah he gets a sample from her lungs with the oil has Nadine run it down to be tested so that way we can figure out how, just how deep this problem runs with her. Because they also need to get her back in the water, which they're pushing her. And it seems like she's doing her best to get back in the water, at least for now. It's like, you might have pushed her back in, but whether she's going to stay there, whether she's going to be beach again, I don't know. But it definitely, when Randolph pulls up in his truck... 
it's already on the radio station. You're hearing Lawson's Reef, there's been an oil spill. So it is getting out there. And we also have a news station down here reporting on it as well. So it is getting coverage. Of course, we do have a lot of people that are protesting. They're like, save the whales. You need double hull oil tankers, that kind of thing. So, if, yeah. And is this the guy who is the president of the oil company or? I don't know. But he is now going to have a conversation with Jesse. Well, no, that doesn't happen yet. I'm sorry. So we got the Coastal Marine Control there. We got Kate, who is also, she knows Randolph. And I think she must be the one that they sent that sample to, to the lab to be tested. So there's also a veterinarian on site as well. And she is saying that... The, what she say, four aspirations a minute, the breathing's labor, just saying the condition of Luna is not good. The oil clearly is in her lungs. Took her antibiotics, which good luck because Willie's not going to let them anywhere near his sister. <laughs> so Randolph brings up Jesse's name since he's standing right there and says, you know, Jesse's the one that found Luna out there. And Kate's like, oh yeah, Jesse, Randolph's told me all about you. And Jesse reminds Randolph, like, Willie doesn't like doctors. And Randolph's like, oh, but Kate's one of the best. And Jesse says, well, he doesn't know that. It doesn't matter if she is or isn't. He doesn't trust doctors. And there's no way he's going to let them anywhere near his sister. They're going to be guarding both of them. Willie and Little Spot are instinctively going to be guarding their sister, since she's in distress. Now there's, I think they're going to get right alongside Luna and give this, you know, shot to her. But Willie's got other ideas. He actually goes and charges at the boat and, like, basically pushing it out of the way. Like, you're not getting near her. And Jesse, who's got binoculars, he's sitting on the hill again. He's watching this go down. And he's saying, this isn't like Willie. I'm like, yeah, all you know of Willie prior to this is him being in that aquarium you don't know he is resorting back to his primitive ways of being in the wild that's just it they're some they're gonna protect each other and if they see humans coming about they're gonna try to you know give medical attention they're not gonna trust them and they're going to say you're staying away you're not getting anywhere near her he, he doesn't tip the, the little boat over. He just pushes it out of the way. But, of course, the veterinarian does get freaked out by that. Okay, you guys got to come up with a plan B. If she needs these antibiotics, then uh, you're going to have to come up with another way to get out there and administer them to her because Willie's not going to let you. So I believe they're going to bring Jesse in as a distraction to Willie so that way they can get in there. Okay, so this guy, John Tenney, who we remember from 1994's Lassie, so it would have been the previous year, <coughs> excuse me, he was in the Lassie movie with Tom Gurry from The Sandlot. So now he's playing a villain in this movie. He, yeah, I said he's like the dial of the first movie. He is the company that owns the oil tanker, I guess. 
He's like, oh, this is awful. My company's to blame. And he's spouting lies. He's like, oh, it's warning me that no harm come to these whales. Jesse is like, this guy's full of garbage. I'm not believing anything you say. I don't think you have their best interests at, in, at heart at all. Elvis really does not need to be there because he's like, oh, little smile helps, uh, likes me, I can help too. And Kay kind of smiles at this, but he, and Elvis is sitting next to Glenn and Glenn is like, Elvis, please, please, we, we don't need to hear your stories right now. And Elvis, who's tired of being ignored, just runs off in anger. <laughs> yeah, and Mr. John Turney here, or Tenny or whatever his name is, is all like, well, he trusts you, Jesse. Like, yeah, and he doesn't trust you at all. So Kate tries to reason with Jesse and saying, Willie thinks he's protecting Luna, but by keeping us away from her and giving her the medical attention she needs, he's killing her, in fact. And she says, look, you're his only friend, Jesse. We need you to be able to help us. And Annie kind of gives, you know, she's sitting next to Jesse and, you know, she kind of looks at him and he looks at her almost like a, what do I do? How do I decide? You know, should I do this? And Annie gives him a look like, hey, Jess, this is, this is your call. Whatever you decide, we're behind you. So Jesse tries to strike a deal with this guy. So look, I'll make a deal with you, all right? I'll convince Willie to help, let us help Luna. But you need to promise that Willie and his siblings can get back to their mom to, and can be reunited with their mom. And the guy says, I can't promise that. It's like, well, look, it's your oil, it's your tanker that did this. And if they die, they're going to be coming after you. Everybody's going to be, and you're painting you basically as a villain like they are right now. Yeah, he says, look, it's your oil that's killing Luna, and if she dies, everybody's going to see it on the news and they're going to blame you. It's like, you're basically probably going to get shut down, you're going to get sued. Yeah. And like, this villain, I'm just going to call him the villain. He's asked, what do you want me to say? And Jesse says, just promise me that you'll try. Anyone could try. Anyone could promise to try. That's all done. Annie is going to go see what's going on with Elvis, who's hanging out by himself, reading a comic. He's upset. He's crying because he's ignored. He basically, like, everyone kisses Jesse's butt. I'm sick of this. It's not fair. I didn't ask to come on this vacation. I was forced against my will, and it's just, it's not, it's not fair. I'm just, it's like, dude. But you're off telling lies. People would like you if you stopped telling lies and you stopped being a, a butthead, basically. And, you know, he wants to, yeah, and another thing, he just wants to feel included. He's like, I want to help. I want to do something to help the whales. And Annie says, well, that's good. Every, the whales need everyone's help. And Elvis says, okay, so... Next time there's something going on with the whales, promise that I can help. And she says, okay. And then he does a spit shake. They, oh, this is so nasty. And even Annie's like, Ugh. It's like, this is a big deal to an eight-year-old. You do a spit shake with somebody, it's big. If I join you, mm. it will be rude. Will you 
cast remember <laughs> you want to tell me what's bothering you yeah right you and Jesse seem to be getting along pretty good now now I know that's not true. The whole world kisses Jesse's butt. I'm tired of it. Let me tell you something. This family doesn't play favorites. We don't kiss butts. Want <laughs> 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 to help? Well, the whales need your help. They need everybody to pitch in. You promise I can help? I promise. Well, will you spit shake on it? You know that in Dale's? Oh! That's so gross. Come on, the spit's falling off my hand. Let's go. There we go. That is so gross. This is very unhygienic. <laughs> and disgusting. <laughs> so, yeah, she goes to say, oh, you and Jesse seem to be getting along good. And Elvis is like, oh, I hate him. The whole world kisses Jesse's butt. I'm tired of it. And the thing is, I think that even probably stems with, I'm sure, like, Jesse's mom talked a lot about Jesse. She had a lot of regret about just abandoning him. Just how much she missed him and everything like that. And I'm sure Elvis had to hear Jesse this, Jesse that. And he probably, and in time, began to just really not like Jesse because it's like, oh, this kid's not even here. He's taking all my mom's attention. And then on top of it, Elvis has to go and stay with these people because Jesse's his only relative. And then all this attention is put on Jesse and how great Jesse is. And Elvis just gets thrown in the background and just like yelled at it and ignored. So I don't know. And Annie shares I'm like, no, we don't play favorites, okay? We don't kiss butts. And, yeah, and the thing is, they made adjustments for Elvis. They gave him their extra pad. You know, made Jesse give up his extra pad for the sleeping bags. Give it to him. Let him, Elvis, have it. You had a great day. Come on, you can share. But, and the thing is, this Elvis is like, Dude, I get you're eight years old, but if you gotta give and get to get sometimes, you gotta, I mean, if you're gonna be, you know, defenseless race, which is understandable given his situation, but you gotta leave a little room to, you know, people are making, you know, doing their best and want to include you, but it, you just, you're making it hard, which I don't know. And I don't wanna blame the kid, because, you know, he's, supposed to be eight years old and he went through an ordeal because I mean his mom passed away he could have been there when it happened he really has some <clears throat> guilt over it who knows who knows we don't know so now Jesse's on the dock and he is going to distract Willie with a, a salmon I thought or maybe it's just a giant fish and just say, petting Willie and saying, hey, look, they're trying to help your sister. They're not going to hurt her. It's Because he even kind of turns and kind of looks as Kate and her veterinarian are zipping out on that boat to help her, to help Luna. He also brings out the harmonica as well to get Willie over there. 
Jesse, come on. Oh, he's angry. I think I know what you're doing. Got him the salmon. Uh, I got something for you. Please, just, just take the fish. All right. Open up wider. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> hell on uh, the applause so much later. Right, You're gonna go. distract him. Stethoscope, so I can hear what's going on. I need to get her to raise her fluke. All right, boy, let's go. Come on. Raise your fluke. Oh, there you go. Oh, the back fluke is the back That's end of the tail. Oh, okay. All right, Willie. I got you. Cool, cool. success they're able to administer the medication to help luna and they go back to the tent that's kind of got it set up to monitor the oil slick how far it's stretching out into the water and turns out i guess due to the wind it is pushing the oil closer to the cove which is where willie and his siblings are like they're gonna be trapped in that cove that is not a good thing at all of course like, if we want to try to get them reunited with their mother, we gotta, we got, time is of the essence here. We see, like, a broad stretch of this oil just expands away from this, the ship, the oil tanker. So, Jesse goes to see Nadine, who's upset, because she's like, Jesse, you get to go home, and you're not even gonna remember this. This isn't going to be a thing, you know, it's not going to be okay. I mean, look at all, you know, not, not just the whales, the sea otters, the dolphins, all of them are affected by this. It's going to be okay. I mean, I know it. It's all going to get better. No matter what, Jesse, it's not all going to be okay. I mean, birds, otters, seals, this whole cove. It's all ruined. Oh, 
<laughs> he rips off the pocket of his shirt for a Kleenex because he doesn't have one. Like, here you go. Jesse is without that thing. Why did he take it off? I mean, he went swimming with that necklace. Because we see Elvis with holding the necklace up and then holding a flashlight and watching it twirl around. You could touch it. Jesse, if you don't want that kid going through your stuff, then hold on to it. How? I mean, come on. He's been wearing that necklace the whole time. So Jesse imparts his... Nazi Clinet knowledge on Elvis. He tells him the story, and Elvis is just. I think he's really impressed. You said you could touch that. President of the United States. He now on TV. <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, what's it mean? There was a young Haida Indian named Nazi Glane. He lived many years before there were wells. One day, Nazi Glane got lost and he couldn't find his way home. He carved the first well ever out of a log. Nazi Glane got on the back of the well and rode him all the way home. He rode him all the way home? Yeah. Oh, that's a cool story, Jesse. Randolph told it to like we do get a sweet moment between the brothers that he is telling Elvis a story that Randolph passed down to him. So, looks like Luna has beached herself again and of course Elvis wants to help. That was the whole spit shake promise. Like no 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 stay back. You can't you can't help us put your back in the water. She's really really heavy. Like um, no one under the age of 10 basically. You gotta think your safety. It's like Jesse and Randolph have a side thing that they're going to do. This medication is not really helped Luna since she's beached herself again. And I guess it's gonna be up to because there is a caution tape that is stretched out along the, the beachfront to separate this area. But you know, people of course are gonna wanna get involved, they're gonna wanna help push the whale back in to the water. You know, get her out, you know, unbeached, I guess. And Jesse tells Elvis, Elvis, you need to stay here. And Elvis is like, you know, he thinks like, hey, we bonded. You told me a story and all this stuff about uh, the first whale that was carved out of a log in Nazi Clinet. And, Je yeah, he's like, I'm coming to you. He's like, no, no, you got to stay here and help Glenn and Annie. Yeah, he said, yeah, Jesse says, no, this is between me and Randolph. You stay. <laughs> Elvis, like, turns and, like, is, runs through that caution tape and just breaks it. Goes to Glenn and says, hey, Glenn, can I help? And he's like, no, 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 you can't help. You gotta stay back. You gotta stay back. And he even, Elvis turns to Annie. It's almost like, hey, you promised, you said I could help. I want to help. So, yeah, that slipped her mind. Yep. Okay, 
are driving and Randolph is explaining that there are other types of medicines that could be used to help Luna. Ones that come from our mother the earth. And Randolph continues saying how calling upon our ancestors to heal sickness is a gift that's handed down from generation to generation. So yeah, they're walking in the woods. I guess they need to get the proper um plants and stuff that they need. He's like breaking some mushroom that's growing on a tree. They did get her out. They got her unbeached. She is moving away a little bit from the cove. And can't find Elvis. Where did he go? Um. Then she realizes her mistake. Annie, you don't ever break a promise based on a spit, uh, spit shake. You can't. You just, you don't do that. No, he really doesn't trust you because he's leaving. He, Elvis is like, enough. I'm not doing this anymore. Where's Elvis? Oh, he's not going to stay up on the beach. <laughs> oh, no. What? I broke a promise. What promise? I even did a spit shake on it. You did a spit shake with somebody? <laughs> Man, that's serious. Glennis was like, oh, where's Elvis? Like, oh no, I did a, I even did a spit shake. I promised he could help. And Glenn's <laughs> like, you did a spit shake with somebody? Oh man, that's serious. <laughs> so he is using like a little, like a bowl type of thing. And I can't remember what this tool is. It's like to crush things in a like cement like stone bowl with uh, you know, the root and the mushroom thing or whatever he's put together and Jesse's like oh what's that and Randolph says it's scoogum and then he puts a little dab on Jesse's hand and it's so strong that Jesse can taste it in his mouth just by it being put on his hand it's that powerful so we go back to the campsite, Annie is looking for Elvis, he is nowhere to be found, and then we get the Michael Jackson childhood song playing over the top of this. Glenn's looking for his wallet, which is not there. Elvis took it. In his back pocket, it's like, wouldn't you know that your wallet is in your back pocket? Because there's going to be that bulge there in the back pocket. So Elvis's plan, I guess, is to get into town and take the ferry back to the mainland and go somewhere. Uh, he missed the ferry, and the next one does not leave until the next morning. That's gonna bite. So Glenn and Annie track down a police officer. They can find out if he has seen a young eight-year-old boy with a backwards next cap and a backpack. And I uh, probably hasn't, but he'll keep uh let people on the force know about, you know, be aware there's a uh, kid that ran off. And they're going around in their vehicle calling for Elvis. Do you really think that he is going to respond to you? Uh, no, I mean, 
Is there anything that kid don't trust you at all? And he is not going to come to the sound of your voice just because you're out looking for him. Elvis found shelter in a park where they keep <laughs> boats and whatnot. Like, I don't even know what they would call that. A shipyard? That can't be right. So, we're back to Jesse and Randolph. They've got the medicine for Luna. They were able to get Willie and Luna and Little Spot over. It is interesting, even though Luna and Little Spot are not, you know, they're not around humans normally, but because Willie trusts Jesse, Jesse and Randolph, they're more adaptable, I guess, because he's older and, you know, he, he trusts them. So he's able to get them to open their mouths so that way... Randolph couldn't put the medicine in Luna's mouth to help her get better. <laughs> so, Jesse and Randolph part ways, and Jesse asks, Are the spirits, do you think the spirits will be with us tonight? And Randolph tells Jesse, The spirits are always with us. Right. And then they part ways. So, we cut back to Elvis, who is tucked away in a tarp covered boat. And he's looking at the photo of Annie and Gwen and Jesse and just crying. Like, you know, he wishes he had that support system and family. So, Kate sees that Luna is doing much better. She's swimming around. She's not beached. And Randolph's like, oh, yeah, powerful, powerful thing, my medicine. And she looks at him like, your medicine, excuse me? What have you been doing behind my back? And Randolph's like, oh, no, nothing, nothing. And she looks again at Luna through the binoculars and says, you know, Randolph, whatever you did, I'm glad, I, I'm glad you did that. Because she seems to be doing a lot better. We cut back to Elvis, who is in a little diner near the ferry. He figures, hey, I'll get a jelly-filled donut and some black coffee. And, of course, this lady's like, coffee? Really? You want coffee? He's like, yeah, I want black coffee. And it's a good thing he's here because he overhears a conversation that no one else was privy to. And if he hadn't heard that, the wills would be in bigger trouble than we thought. Turns out the... The villain here of this, the movie is making a deal under the table with M. Emmett Walsh, or whatever his name, the actor's name is, saying like, oh, the orca has already been trained, he's going to be great at an amusement park, and the other two, he's offering like millions of dollars for them, so he's saying like, oh, we just got to get them out of the water. We'll say it's a rescue that they're going to be transported to a facility where they can get better or something to that effect. And Elvis is hearing all of this. And he's like, okay, I can't go on that ferry. I can't leave here because I need to warn them that we thought the oil slick was the biggest problem. Now we got an even bigger issue because they're these, the villain and this, whatever this guy's supposed to be, are, um, yeah, they're, they're shady characters, these two. <laughs> yeah, this just... Ugh. Like, for heaven's sake. Why is there gotta be something else criminal added onto this situation? Yeah, and this guy is just... Oh, he's such a slimeball. He's like, we haven't taken an orca out of the water in 20 years, and now there's three right in my hands. 
It's like, all right, a million dollars each for the young ones and then two million for the older brother. And he mentions how young males are particularly attractive due to their breeding capabilities. Yeah, and he's going on saying how the older brother's already trained. He's a gold mine. Gold mine, excuse me. Yeah, and the villain is like, hey, look, you got to be very careful here. I don't want this getting out. And um, old man gray hair here is all like, yeah, don't worry about it. Long-term rehabilitation is what I recommend. Hint, hint, wink, wink. That's what you're going to tell everybody. We're going to take them out of the cove. We're going to put them in a long-term care facility until they can supposedly be released back into the wild, which is not what their intention is. And this guy's all worried, you know, concerned about his image. It's the only thing is like, I just want to make it, I want to make it look like I have their best interests at heart. That's all that matters to the villain. Yeah, and he says, sure, and you're 10%. Besides, we do have their best interests at heart. Yeah, and he says, yeah, they will be cared for. And while they're being cared for, there's no reason why people shouldn't pay to see them, right? <sighs> Leave the whales alone. They've been through enough. Yeah, so pretty much they're putting nets down. And Nadine comes up and asks what's going on. And... Random says this boom, this big inflated yellow whatever, will seal off the cove to keep out the oil and protect the whales. And Nadine's like, protect them? Don't you mean trap them? And Kate says, well, if they are released from here, they're going to swim in the oil, they're going to be covered in it, they're going to die. And Kate says, you know, no, Nadine, in an hour from now, if they swim out of the cove, if they swim out of the cove, they're going to swim right into the oil and they're going to die. And Jesse has had enough of this. It's like, yeah, if they're trapped in the cove, they can't be get back to their families. And Kate's like, oh, it's for their own good. And Jesse says, no, it's not for their own good. Yeah, Jesse is, oh, he is fired up. He says, don't you understand? Don't you get it? None of this is for their own good. Not hurting them in the first place would have been for their own good. You are preaching to the choir, buddy. You think she doesn't understand that? You think she doesn't get that? Not ruining their home would have been for their own good. And he says, this is just a bunch of bull. Almost feels like a band-aid for a bullet wound. Temporary situation or solution for an even bigger problem. And even Randolph's like, I'm not so sure about this, Kate. I, I don't think this is a good idea. So, Mr. Villain with the glasses is already going on TV saying, oh, the whales are going to be pulled out of the uh, coves. They're going to be taken to a rescue care facility, rescue center to be cared for while they recuperate. So, yeah, they're get, trying to get Little Spot into this harness, and Willie's not having it. Like, you are not taking my brother. Luckily, Elvis shows up and lets Jesse and Nadine in on what is actually going on. Telling, yeah, Jesse's like, where have you been? And Elvis tells him, I've been saving your butt, basically. Listen, there are these two guys in a donut shop, and they were talking, and Jesse's like, what are you talking about? It's like, I'm trying to tell you. Shut up and listen. You need to trust me. And, of course, Jesse asks, why should I trust you? And Elvis tells him, because no one ever has. Well, every word out of your mouth is a lie, so I'm not surprised. But yeah, he's going to confront Glasses villain, saying, you lied. You're a liar. And then the guy's like, oh, I don't know these kids. Get them out of here. Like, you jerk. 
You're not going to hurt them. Or you're not helping them. You are going to hurt them. You're going to sell them to some sleazeball guy for millions of dollars. Yeah. You lied. You're a liar. No, they won't. No, not if he's got anything to do with it. You gotta lock him up and throw away the key. He heard everything. He did. Excuse me? No, you're not. You're not gonna get away with this. No way. This guy actually is a gang. You'll have to leave now, kids. And the fact that Kate is believing everything out of this guy's mouth. Like, oh no, they will be returned to J-Pod. No, they won't. Because now they got Little Spot in that harness, and he's being lifted up, and Willie just brings raining hell down on that. Like, you are not taking my brother. And he's like, I saw that one of these kids out of here now! And Jesse is like, you promised! And he pushes Glass's villain guy into the water. Thank goodness. What a jerk. <laughs> the guy who's like, we're just trying to save the whales, is trying to help um, Glass's villain, and Elvis kicks him in the butt. Like, that's for Little Spot, you jerk. Kate finally gets on Jesse's side and says, Jesse, I believe you. I don't know what we can do. And Jesse says, I do. I know what we can do. She's like, all right, well, then go do it. Like, I'm giving you full permission. Guys, <laughs> John Penny or whatever his name is, he is such a cartoon villain. He's right up there with Dial. Uh, Jesse takes Glenn's boat with Nadine and Elvis. Like, we gotta get the whale. We gotta kind of get them out of this cove. And, of course, we have the villains, cronies here that are like, let's get in this boat and go after them. But luckily, Elvis is a step ahead because he takes an anchor and puts it in that boat so that way when it they try to drive that boat off there. The villains are just going to pull that dock with it. They're going to get stuck, apparently. <laughs> By Jesse and them some time to get farther out. And I know that it feels like I am kind of rushing through a lot of this. Because a lot of it is just... They're trying to get the, the whales out there, out of the cove, away from the oil. Or, no, they end up swimming under the oil, excuse me. Which, amazing. But they're like, let's get you off there. Let's get you under the go under the oil so you can get to the other side. Because I gotta break I guess Willie's gotta break that barrier. Okay. 
yeah, Willie broke the boom. Okay, now they're free to hopefully swim under the oil, and Jesse's going to guide them with Glenn's boat to get away from the oil, try to reunite them with their mother. And Glenn and Annie see Glenn's boat. Like, isn't that your boat? Hey, isn't that Elvis? Yep. <laughs> I don't know what they were trying to do, restart the engine on this oil tanker or what, but now it caused a blaze, which is going to light all that oil on fire. So Glenn and Annie are able to get a hold of Randolph, and they're like, hey, we got to rescue the kids. The oil's on fire. They don't know what's going on. We need to get a rescue mission going. So Jesse's all about making sure that the whales are safe. Like, we got to follow them till they're safe. And then, of course, Nadine's like, Jesse, what about us? We need to get out of here. And it turns out Jesse ends up hitting Glenn's boat you know, against some rocks, and now they're pretty much stranded in the water with the oil on fire, and it is not a good situation. And he's like, they're diving under the water, which makes sense. Like, okay, now they're gonna be safer. It's like, okay, well, us, we need to get out of here. Yeah, Elvis is like, I think I see something, and Jesse says, what's that? And turns out, yeah, they hit a rock, and now <laughs> their boat has sprung a leak. Not good. Not good at all. Wearing a life jacket because Jessie hands her one and says, hey, look, you need to put this on. And she asks, what about you? He's like, don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. Them to get a bucket to get the water out. Is there a bucket on that little boat? We go to Randolph, Annie, and Glenn, and he's like, mayday, mayday, this is the Nazi Glenda Nazi off of, you know, Turner Point, and just saying they're reporting the kids that are stuck somewhere out on the water. <laughs> we need to get a helicopter out here. They're stranded. They are not going to be able, it looks like the fire is basically going to, that oil, the way that it's going is going to trap them and they're going to be stuck. They're not going to be able to get out of that. Unless somebody from above rescues them. Because he's like, oh, let's make a U-turn, you guys. Let's try to head for the opening. Because the fire hasn't connected into a circle yet. And they barely get anywhere near it. And it's already like, you guys are in trouble. I like how Jesse comforts Elvis. Because Elvis is like, we're going to die. We're going to die. It's like, and Jesse's like, no, we're going to be okay. It's going to be all right. The boat is basically sinking. And they got to send... It can only, of course, fit one person at a time, so Elvis, of course, is going to be the first to go. It's a harness. Okay. That only fits one person. So I was like, I never went bungee jumping. I lied because he's like, I'm scared. And Jesse's like, relax. It's just like bungee jumping. I never went bungee jumping. I lied. Yeah, we get that. I didn't believe you when it first came out of your mouth. Oh, Nadine is, this thing is extremely slow going down. So they got Nadine in the harness and she's going up and he's telling her to hang on, don't look down. And they're able to get her. boat is practically all underwater because Jesse's like trying to stand up as the, the water is pretty much completely that overtaken that little boat. And, of course, being underwater, Jesse is, like, completely, you know, he's covered in oil, and he's trying to grab the harness, and it's slick, because his hands keep slipping out of it. So the helicopter guy says, look, we got to get out of here. This whole thing, my, our engine's going to blow. 
the smoke is choking the engine. We gotta get out of here. So they're basically gonna have Jesse hanging in this harness as they're flying away, trying to fly away from the fly the fire. Are you kidding me? They have him in the harness. He's just about he's barely arm's reach within this rescuer. And he's like closer, closer, trying to reach. So he doesn't, and he's got a hand on the harness too, because he's all slick with, you know, that that oil and stuff. He's trying to stay in that harness so he doesn't fall. He's trying to reach that guy who's like out on the, what foothold of the helicopter? I don't know what you call that. And he's trying to reach, and Jesse, because he's trying to hold on to the harness too and reach up at the same time. And they're all like, Jesse, come on, Jesse, come on, you can do it. It's like this guy, the rescuer, is not making any attempt to, like, stretch out himself a little farther. There's such a long gap in between their hands that they can't, their hands can't even touch. And it feels like Jesse is doing, <coughs> a teenager is doing all the work trying to be rescued. Like, can you attempt to reach, try to, uh, try to reach out your hand? And he falls, oh, I don't even know how much of a height, but he falls and you'd think that he would be dead. But he's not dead. Because there wouldn't be a third movie. Jesse to Randolph's ship and alright there's Jesse and let's get him aboard the ship Thank you, Willie. <laughs> I love you. Aww. 
Get out of here now. You saved his life, Willie. Thank you. Thanks, boy. That's the best friend you ever had, kid. <laughs> yes, he is. Expert, you tell me. Oh, he's gotta send him. He's gotta, yeah. Well, you gotta send him on his way. Oh my goodness. to get Jesse up out of the water into the boat and he's telling Willie like thank you you saved my life and he's telling him like I'm I'm fine I'm okay look see I'm okay you can you can go it's all right and he's looking at Randolph like what why, why won't he go and Randolph you know points to his heart and then does the you know the signal and it's like Jess you gotta send him off that's the only way that he's gonna you have to send him on and Jesse does, and Glenn and Annie also say their goodbyes. Like, goodbye, Willie. Thank you for saving our boy. And here come the uh, coastal rescue crew with Nadine and Elvis. Like, oh, we got a couple. Uh, yeah, the, these kids here belong to you guys. He's okay. He's all right. Why didn't you rescue our kid? So what do you think? 
think it'd be a shame to break up a set. Yeah, I mean, they've been through a bit fish? together. Where's Lil Spot? Lil Spot, Luna, and Willie are back with their mom. How do you know? No, I know. I know. So, yeah, Jesse and Nadine, they hug. There's no second kiss. So, they, oh, I'm so glad you're okay. And I love how their reactions, Elvis and Nadine's reactions when they see that Jesse's already on Randolph. Like, oh, my gosh, Jesse's okay. He's okay. And, yeah, Jesse and Nadine hug. Like, oh, I'm so glad you're okay. And then Jesse looks over at Elvis staring at them. Like, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? And... Elvis has a picture that he did tape up. I think he probably, like, ripped it down the middle so Jesse was separated from the picture of his mom. And he hands Elvis, hands it to Jesse. He's like, what is this? And then he's looking at it. He's like, what the heck? Because he, he probably didn't have any pictures of his mom and him. This is, like, the only one. And Elvis does say, you know, she talked about you all the time. She felt bad about what happened that she left, had to leave you and she loved you and they hug and it's just like oh my heart annie tells him like what do you think like do you want to adopt him and glenn's like yeah it's, it's hard to break up a set it's like these brothers have been through an ordeal together you cannot separate them and elvis is like where's the fish where's little spot and jesse says Willie, Luna, and Little Spot are with their mother. And Elvis asks, well, how do you know that? And Jesse, you know, touches his heart and says, I know. And then Jesse delivers the prayer lines from Nazi Clonet's passage, the signal, and then we get to see Willie and his family reunited with their mother. the movie we see a close-up of jesse's eyes while he's saying the nazi clinet prayer i call it a prayer i don't know what else really to call it and then we see willie and his siblings reunited with their mother and then cut to credits we hear a version of forever long forever young beautiful as we see the whales swimming with each other being reunited and happy and everything and that's pretty much how the movie ends so i i can imagine that they go through the adoption proceedings with elvis he's living with how many rooms they have in the house is jesse gonna have to share a bedroom with his eight-year-old brother i don't know how that's gonna work <laughs> i'm sure they must have another that house i swear that house is gonna have at least three bedrooms it looked like it was big enough to have three. But yeah, that's the movie. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I really enjoyed covering this again, watching it after so many years. I still feel it does hold up. Yes, yeah, some of the dialogue is a little goofy, but that's, you know, just what to expect in a 90s animal rescue film. And this movie just, it felt like the stakes got higher and higher as you go on. Like there's an oil spill 
and then there's the oil's on fire. And, well, and before the oil's on fire, there's the whole, let's take these veils out of here and put them in our uh, what's rehabilitation center when really we're going to sell them off. And then the oil's on fire. And then the kids are in trouble. They're stranded on the boat. And it's just like, boom, boom, boom. All of this stuff is going on. It's like they upped the stakes from the first one. Because <laughs> not only Willie's life is involved, but the other, his siblings are in trouble as well. So, yeah, and of course, you know, you had, you know, Jesse trying to adjust to his brother and everything like that. And this, this movie, I, I loved it. I loved it. I do look forward to covering the third one in August, because I said I have not watched that movie since maybe I saw it in the theater back in 1997. And that was quite a while ago. <laughs> But, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this. So, I will be back then in August for Free Willy 3, The Rescue. The re It's always rescuing Willy. Freeing him, rescuing him, and then rescuing him again. <laughs> but in the next time, in the third one, we don't have an oil slick on fire in the ocean. We have actual whalers. Someone who is out there poaching, killing innocent whales so yeah and we do have another kid along with jesse this time we have eight year i think he's eight maybe he's ten uh max who is the son of a whaler and yeah he definitely learns you know he has a difference of opinion on what his dad does for a living so and jesse is out on a research boat with randolph and randolph's co-workers because they are now adjusting you you know willie being out in the wild for you know jesse's 17 at this point maybe 18 it's been a, like three or four years and um, Willie's got himself a girlfriend. I think her name is Nikki or a wife. I don't know. But um, spoiler alert, they're expecting a child. Willie's going to be a daddy. <laughs> so, all right. I'll be back in August with Free Willie 3 The Rescue. Bye-bye, everybody.